It is another Sunday and another edition of the Chair Shop Podcast, but not just any old edition. Streets are buzzing. It is the 14th anniversary edition of the Chair Shop Podcast. Uh, coming to you live from three locations, which I think Joe made that joke a couple of times on the artwork over the years, uh, and it's still good. Because WrestleMania's never actually... Wait, has WrestleMania ever happened from three locations? It's happened from two locations, am I right? WrestleMania, WrestleMania 2 was from three locations. Oh, it was from three. Okay, so I thought that was from two. Okay, so never mind. Um, how have they not done that since? I guess because, like, in the, like they've done it for some Raws, and it's been dreadful. Um It, it would so. be interesting to do night one and night two from two different locations, wouldn't it? Rather than the same... I mean, yeah. if they, it really seems like they want to start getting super serious about Europe again. Because obviously they did Clash at the Castle. Yeah. They did, they've done a pay-per-view there now. And they're doing... Uh, all Out Weekend, they're doing a Germany event that's like a pay-per-view. So actually, night one, I suppose I suppose you'd have to you'd have to split the rosters. Um, but like... like to, you know... If they, if they said, you know, the biggest WrestleMania of all time, night one is in... London, L- London, and I too was in New York or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'd be inclined to believe. Yeah, that is one of the biggest ones you've ever done, regardless but of what it was. That you'd have to do. You'd have to get a proper, proper, super big outsider to do one of them, and like you'd probably still have to have Roman undefeated next year when if if they were <laughs> to do that and do okay because people because the people take the Roman match as the actual main event, so you'd have to do okay. Roman's in London. But we're doing well, unless, unless at that stage you know, Cody is your biggest star. Rome, Roman is only that because he's on as much as much as I'm in the camp that uh, I think Cody should definitely win. And you know, Cody, I like Cody. I think he's absolutely a top uh, guy, of course. But Cody, the 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 genie is going to be out of the lamp once Roman loses because Cody's going to be on TV every week, and Cody's going to. Well, and I'm not saying your champion. We're going to get head. to the Cody okay. Roman situation. We'll get to, we'll, we'll get to the that. Cody thing. Oh, we'll get to the Cody. Okay. Anyway, happy anniversary, gents. Yeah. Um, I'm it's, our, with, it's our 14th uh, anniversary if people don't know what we're talking about with a celebratory cup of tea here yeah. oh we live oh shit I didn't even notice <laughs> yeah um, with this, you know when I go it's another Sunday it's another sh- episode of Chair Shot that's not just how I speak to the lads <laughs> I, I, when I do that I am doing an intro um, <laughs> that's how Barry speaks all the time it's in yeah kind of- when I when, when I when I met uh, Paul and Joe IRL, I was like, "Well, it's another Saturday." And <laughs> he goes, "Ah, ah, Broner, it's another Sunday yeah. afternoon, and it's time for some nice Sunday lunch." Yeah. And yeah, with like, me is real. Paul, and now and Paul says, with "Hello." Me is uh, the dog and the cat, and the cat. by both of them, joined by by the dog and the cat, and it's is it, oh, Rosie, is it time for some kibble <laughs> golf? I think it is. Let me get your ball. Barry, when he's about eighty nine, lost his really lost, lost my his marble. mind to just doing. <laughs> Oh dear. All right, granddad, come on. It's time for a little bit of table tennis golf. You like that, don't you have a Sunday? Yes, absolutely I do. Take it away, nurse. Um with with uh, you've got on the run, she's here, uh putting me to sleep. Uh you know, okay, interesting. I wasn't expecting that. Anyway, happy anniversary, gents. We do and we have a jam-packed um uh run sheet for the show here for this mm. special anniversary. Uh, edition, uh, including lots of wrestling. We got lots of non wrestling. We got lots of wrestling befitting uh, our, our anniversary show. We've got lots of shite to talk about. Uh, any any life golf before we jump into the, the mounds and mounds of wrestling? Uh, or will we just get to it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I have nothing. I'm, I'm a little bit sick. I don't usually be sick. I'm called in sick to work for oh, five years or something. But oh, I, I was out on Friday. And then Saturday, I might have a croaky. I might sound a little bit croaky. You sound a bit croaky, More yeah. croaky voiced. I can do the real, the real deep note. 
notes. Um, yeah, my voice is a little bit deeper and and croakier than normal because I, I was out and I, I figured it was because you know I was in I was in a pub and I was talking over the Ooh. the loud music, but then I've also started to feel a little bit sick. I've got a sore throat. I've got a little bit, you know, there's just a general all unwell feeling. Yeah. yeah. So I'm on the strepsils, I'm on the lemsips, and uh, yeah, not feeling great. But hopefully, hopefully by tomorrow, I'll still be sick so I don't have to work. But let's see. Um, depends how bad I am. We'll feel better. We're, we're going to do some, we'll do some Paul list features later. Um, I'm going to talk to Joe about the football, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, what were they playing at? No, I just, uh, was it good or yeah. bad today? I can't, I didn't, I didn't, good, I didn't good see. Good day today. Good day today. Okay. So Paul probably wants to talk about it. Uh, oh, that rugby. Oh, oh the Italians. Well, did you know, Barry, we were looking at the uh, betting odds on the rugby because mm. you know when it's rugby or football or anything other than horse racing, really. The odds are usually quite low, you know, like close to the median. So, yeah, you know, a football match, even if it was Man United against Exeter City or something, right? United might be, you know, f- five to one on, and Exeter would be six to one. You know, right. so like the odds don't go too crazy. Ireland played Italy in the rugby today; they were a hundred to one on to win. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it was like you would have to bet a hundred euro to win one euro. Yeah, and that and was reflected in the result. Of, of course, Ireland won thirty six nil. Nil, yeah, all over them. And it's funny because the the wrestling and the few wacky websites that allow the wrestling betting, it's similar because it's um you know especially the American ones. Paddy Power, I feel like I think that's why they don't do it very much anymore. Is because I feel like they didn't seem to take it as serious. The American ones, I they've definitely got wrestling fans working for them because they're like they're like don't give don't give very good odds on roman reigns versus dolph ziggler because um (laughs) just take my word for it the freaks are going to know who's winning that one um so yeah so similarly you don't get much yeah so i I guess i guess you know i suppose it makes sense because i suppose you can read you can read the tea leaves on most sort of major football results i would imagine yeah ireland did win england won uh yesterday as well of course against wales and Arsenal beat West Ham 6-0 today. Uh, mm-hmm. which is the first time I've seen an entire half stadium worth of people just disappear. Uh, it was like some kind of David Copperfield I was, or Damn you, I was just imagining <laughs> I was Copperfield there for a halftime show, was he? <laughs> Great minds. Um, and then United obviously pulled it out of the bag against Villa, which was a very mm. important result for us. And I thought two pretty fun games. For different reasons, but um, that's it for my life, guff. Anyway, and the sport, guff. Yeah, I don't think myself. Yeah. Well, then I suppose it must be time for explain. And oh, I'm sick, mm. but I'm still gonna ponder this. I'm still gonna <laughs> do it. Wonder Taker Brothers of Discussion. Let's discuss this whole. Bring it WWE. back the to the anniversary. Oh, the whole WWE main event scene situation. I watched, not in its entirety, but I watched the main part of the WWE WrestleMania kickoff conference they did. Thing. Yeah. And I feel in two minds about it. Number one, I thought the event itself was really good. Okay. Uh, felt like something that might have obviously without the 
huge crowds and the, the over-the-top productions. But just conceptually, it felt like something we might have seen in the early days of AEW. It felt different yes. to your typical mm. contract signing. The table gets flipped over. Da, da, da. Um, felt closer to, again, something you would see in like a, a UFC pre-show event, which I liked. Um, I thought the performances across the board were good. K- Rock, uh, Roman played their roles very well. Cody came out. Obviously, the crowd was super into Cody. Um, Rock giving them the slap. The energy was good. Obviously, they've confirmed they're doing Cody Roman, which was good. So I thought it was great. Like as of, you know, tr- just purely as a viewer, I thought I, I was excited by what was happening. I was interested by the outcome. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly, you know, purely just liked the experience of watching it. However, it it, it doesn't necessarily justify the nonsense of logic that the last few weeks have been. Um, and in fact, it just kind of confuses it even more. So, I mean, I've, I've seen on the internet, you know, people will, will be claiming that, well, this was the, the direction all along. <laughs> Absolutely not. That's 100% not. nonsense. <laughs> if they knew, I mean, it seems like what happened was Rock made his mind up when he made his mind up. And they had to immediately switch gear. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, so that's that's that. I, if they knew, if this was the plan since last autumn, let's just say hypothetically, Levesque, the master booker, had this all together, and this was the plan to have it's, Cody it's win <laughs> and then give the match away, and then go, oh, wait, no, hang on, no, actually, no, I was crossing my fingers when I said that, yeah. and uh, you know, no, he, he's in the playground going, no, no, I have uh, protect my WrestleMania match armor on. You can't actually do that to me. Um, no, absolutely not. I mean, and certainly, I mean, I realize this is not the most important aspect of it, which is kind of the problem. Uh, but like, why would they have Rollins say, "Cody, you should face me. I'm, I'm the real. Ch- I'm the worker in this. I'm the. You, you don't want that stupid bullshit Hogan Hollywood belt." And Cody to go, uh, um, yes, no, wait, no, <laughs> and and to have Roman as well slagging off the belt on SmackDown and talking about and like just laughing in Seth's face, talking about how yeah, you do work more than me, but I get paid more. And we're like, who is the heel here? He's dead right. <laughs> oh my God, Rollins getting absolutely. I mean, I I, I saw amidst all the the rabid speculation and fantasy booking of the last two weeks, I saw someone saying. Uh, oh, they'll do it this way, and Cody will win this, blah, blah, and then they'll do a unification match with Seth's title in SummerSlam. And I was like, no, whatever, that's stupid. But now I'm kind of like, well, they should, because this is ridiculous. This this belt means less than nothing now. It already meant less than nothing. It was already transparently uh, uh, sub-Roman significantly. But now it's now they've made such a, we don't give a shit about this. In, in kayfabe, we don't give a shit about this. I, I think whoever wins at Mania should face Rollins and pick a guy to unify it because it's it's yeah i don't think i don't think you can do the the i'm the real i'm the workhorse champion i'm the real champion where you, you've got you can Roman do that but you can't say it out loud is the problem but but, but but yeah but modern wrestling is so obsessed with saying that stuff explicitly yeah. so that the smart fans are into it my thing is you can't do that when you've got two champions in your same company you've got roman who's like the mega star but you you are also in the same company as gunther as well so i don't know how you can really claim that you're like the workhorse champion he's got the workhorse belt from the 80s he's the yeah. actual he's got the actual respected worker belt i don't know but that's obviously not the most important thing yeah the the the, the notion that this was all the plan i mean it's farcical it's absolutely yeah. farcical um and i think <laughs> fair play to give rock a little bit of credit i saw people saying 
you know, commenting on his ego, which is real. And, you know, it's not 2003 anymore. I, I don't think he came back with the intention to get booed. Absolutely not. It, no, I'm, no, in no, fact, no. I'm certain no, it's, it's the opposite. Like, and you, you can see that in the segments he was involved in with Jinder yeah. Mahal doing the anti-USA stuff as Ooh, recently mm. as a few weeks ago. And also I think he was before that. Very much coming back. It was almost like a comfort blanket when things were not squaring away in Hollywood the way he thought they would. Yes, mm. but to his credit, at least at least they are pivoting. At least he has the common sense still after all these years to pivot and be a heel. Um, yes, uh, however, I still feel like all three of them are coming out worse, even with the pivot, right? Because yes. Cody, despite ultimately picking the right choice, comes off as a buffoon. Buffoon, yeah, you know. Um, mm. I would say worse so before they've slightly reckoned that, but still. I've 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 won the 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 world title, and the people are of course posting clips of him being interviewed pre Royal Rumble. Like you're going to face Roman Reigns, right? Uh, yes. And then he won it. He pointed at the sign, pointed at Roman, and then he came out on SmackDown and said, "You know, guys, I've been talking to people, and I'm obviously easily led and <laughs> gullible. Uh, I will not be fighting Roman Reigns at WrestleMania." And now, without really much provocation, storyline wise, he's he's changed his mind again. I mean. Uh, so that's Cody. Roman now seems to, from from being the head of the table and the biggest star in WWE, ultimately, now aligned with The Rock seems like he's he's lost some of that luster as he's not even the most important guy in his own faction anymore. Uh, that was the shocking thing to me because you watch that do you see that little thing they posted with triple h backstage yeah. where the interviewer well, yeah. lady was like oh, what are you gonna do and it was like the rock taking charge and, that should have been and, roman in that uh, role. yeah and roman following him around like he's Takeshita followed it following don Callis. do you know what i mean i precisely. was like precisely i was like and like i think because what i liked about that segment the, the backstage one with triple h was that what do people always complain about with like post 2011 rock is that, it's, it's that it's not the rock it's this weird half rock half dj hybrid that's not it yeah. That's neither that's neither super charismatic in a wrestling sense, but it's also not real. And then Rock's kind of dynamic in the in that segment was like angry real man, mm. like actual yeah. person, not doing a ca- cartoon, which is in- interesting. But then it's like, but that's I think that's really going to overshadow Roman. Totally. Um, totally. Uh, now we'll see. It's week one. We'll see. But but um. And then from Rock, I, Rock's point of view, you have the Rock Roman match, which was literally what they wanted. To- People wanted them to come back for for years and years and years, and they bungled that. And now the Rock is just kind of there, um, to fulfill what purpose? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, that could potentially still be answered. Whether they do it, they do a Cody Rock match or a some tag match or something. But like, he was the Rock Roman was the match, and they've they've fumbled it. You know, fumbled. They fumbled both matches. Well, I actually liked. I I watched. You know, not the whole thing. I watched the clips of it, and I mm. thought it was. I think it was all really good. I liked the yeah, yeah totally. it was all really, really good. I love the the rock being back. I don't want to see VP of marketing Dwayne Johnson coming yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. I like the big Samoan family tree he brought up. Yeah, you know, and not talking about his energy drinks. Um I liked all of that. I liked him talking about, you know, sticking chicken chicken nuggets up people's asses and things because who doesn't love putting things up asses? That's that was classic. That was rock. That was that really rock. the genesis yeah. of the rock, putting things up bums. Um but yes, it does diminish both the Cody uh, finishing the story by beating the big, big bad boss that no one else can beat story, which is classic, like they've established so well. And then it also does ruin Rock and 
rock and Roman generational mm. conflict story. It's kind yeah. of muddled those two stories to the point where I, I, you know, what they've done is pretty interesting, but <laughs> they've taken two kind of great all-time stories and, and sort of sacrificed yeah, I, I, it because because the rock, I don't know, wanted to come back. Two, well, I, I, two layups. It feels like I think like that, two, that yeah that one SmackDown segment is going to be long talked about as a yeah. a classic example of having it having it right there and just uh, letting it letting it fall. Yeah. That might be that might be this generation's uh, Booker T versus Buff Bagwell in in Washington, in where where people are going to look at it and go, <laughs> they were off to the races, everything was great, they were ready to make all this money, and they had this segment that was just very ill advised. And everything fell apart. Now, things aren't going to fall apart that bad because WrestleMania is still going to make a bajillion dollars. And I'm sure it'll still be very successful and all this other stuff. But, I mean, yeah, two two layup stories. I mean, because they, 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 they could have had their cake and eaten it. Too. They could have done both. They could have done both. I feel like there was still a logical path that they could have gone from. And we're going to go into the territory of fancy booking here. But from, from that SmackDown segment to the press conference where a moment where Cody comes out and says, I, ta- I had spoken to The Rock. But now I can see what his what his real motives were. You know, I yeah. see that you know I stood aside so that you could you know fight for your family, fight for your bloodline. But I see that it was it wasn't real. It was you and Roman are buddy buddy, and this this is this you, you know you're holding me, and I'm not having it. But instead, he came out and he came out with like no music. He just came out shouting and screaming, and yeah, that was the one element of the whole presentation that I wasn't super on board with. He he never gave to me a proper justification for why he's now changed his mind again yeah and and like he did the whole he did the big i've made my decision post and all this other stuff and it's kind of like, yeah on last week's smackdown you made your decision like <laughs> exactly i think the the ultimate way to sum it up is they effectively retconned that episode of smackdown in the purest like yeah comic just never talk like, about even, it again don't even acknowledge it don't even yeah like you said don't even say oh well rock got in my ear and i thought he was on my no no, no. They just come out, and it's like there was a, a there was like a missing episode of television we didn't see. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where it, it was the, revealed. Off Peacock, delete off the network. Yeah, it was like where they revealed that Ho- Cody had been hoodwinked, and then it was like, no, he just comes out and like he's annoyed about something that he's been schemed in some way. This is the thing about these riding the line, fourth wall, kayfabe breaking from was that like because they can't say we're playing off the fans hating yeah. the booking, but we're going to imply that that's what we're doing, you know. Um, two more yeah. points. Two more points in this. Go Number on. one might be a little bit corny, but in Cody not coming out to his music, I feel like they missed the wrestling has more than one royal family easy layup. Oh, yeah. right. Um, Especially with the family tree. I mean, it's like yeah, he couldn't right? get more. Right? He couldn't get more. More perfect. Is it so <laughs> obvious? And then I thought Cody. Was, I was sure he was going to say it at some point. Nope. Uh, secondly, I like. Were I a, in WWE, I like the idea of this big singular event as the uh, announcement rather than doing it on a Raw or SmackDown. Have this mm. press conference where the, the person mm. announces who they're going to fight at WrestleMania. Because clearly they can get people in the building. It's an extra boatload of money for them. Why not build to that as a as a show between the shows, you know? Yeah. A little one-hour yeah. event. We're going to see who the people are going to select. And you can do little storylines like this on it. Why not? And they, I mean, they used to be, they used to do stuff like that. Like, like, like they, like once upon a time, they would rent a big boat and Yokozuna would be on it and they'd be like, no one's going to slam this man. And then all of a sudden, what's that helicopter coming? It's the narcissist. You know, that, 
that wasn't that wasn't an episode of Raw. They did a whole special separate show for that. Yeah. Uh, and in the age of, of of social media and YouTube and stuff, like fucking yeah, whatever, just stick it up there for free. People will watch it, of course. Yeah, I think I think that's an interesting idea, and I wouldn't be shocked if they do more stuff like that. Um, yeah, um, I mean, you can see kind of the, yeah, you, you can see the fingerprints of the Endeavor uh, ownership starting yeah. to. It's turning you know, into UFC. The whole, the whole presentation. Well, it's, it's to like I said, it, it almost feels like more of a, and, and also one thing we have, you know, banged that drum for so long about AW, AW and their alleged, you know, sports like presentation. Mm. One thing they do all the time now on WWE, and it's such an easy pop, and, and maybe you guys know where I'm going here. Here's Cody Rhodes arriving at the arena earlier today, and the fans go, ah, Cody's here. Perfect. You know, AW, mm. come on! You're 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 letting WWE come in and literally take the ideas out of your out of your head. There, um, I love all that stuff. You know, classic classic mm. attitude error. The limo pulls up. Who's getting out of it? Oh, it's the just big making star. making people making people feel like stars. That's Precisely. Yeah. Was, Precisely. And this is what WWE does so. Uh, that's like a Cody. He was in AEW. He's nowhere near this level. Why not? Yeah. And yeah. It, part of it's the fan base and not them want, maybe wanting something different, but also just the way, like. I was thinking about Edge's kind of debut and a lot of the debuts really like the, we'll talk about Mercedes Bonet in a minute, but when AEW does a debut, they, it's, oh, it's all presented so well. They come out, yeah. you know, Edge had like the video, the cars and everything. It was so cool. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Music and the pirate comes out looking like a bigger star than he's looked in years. And then within three or four weeks, he kind of looks like, you know, Joe Midcard. And it's like, yeah, why can't they preserve a little bit of that star power across, you know, the weeks and just yeah. really make people look like genuine superstars. And that's the biggest problem I think with AEW. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good that's segue point. I think that's a good segue point. Cause we are, we have, so Should we got we? the, the formal announcement this week of, uh, AEW big business in, um, uh, in Boston with two S's in five, it was five weeks from last Wednesday. So middle of 15th of March, I think it is, or something around, something around that time. 12th, I think. 12th thereabouts. Yeah. So uh, obviously doing the, the, the punk thing, which this saying it, but not saying it. And in this case, like even more saying it than they said it with, with, with yeah. punk. Cause there was a, re- there was a reasonable shadow of a doubt uh, uh, for that. Whereas this, they've, they've, they've all but said it to the degree that I'm kind of like, if you're going to do this, I would probably just fucking put her on the graphic and just say she's <laughs> going to be there. Um, but whatever, like they want to, they want to, they want to do the the thing. Um, and then, like, just about like a half hour before we went to to air here, uh, Fightful did break the news that it looks like Okada is AE dub bound. Okada's so two more, two more big coups in the uh, the free yeah. mar- uh, free the free market, the free agent market. It is a free market, mm. I guess, technically, yeah. uh, for for LTK. I mean, this is. The, I mean, we'll talk obviously about their prospects in the company, but this is also feels like um, chickens coming home to roost on what a lot of people said when the merger came through, which is that Endeavor is not a big spending company. I'm sure there was offers made, and I'm sure they are probably perfectly healthy, but uh, it, it doesn't seem like the the early early days of AEW when there was talk of like. WWE were given the revival comical amounts of money to stay yeah. because they didn't want him to go the good more brothers. money than they would have been worth. The good brothers getting massive checks. It doesn't matter if we, if we don't push you, we just don't want you to go there. It seems like those days are kind of, are kind of over. And yeah. then when you, when you read interviews with Nick Khan, it seems like he aligns with the Endeavor mindset in the sense of, you know, we make our money. What, what does wrestler A, B or C going to somewhere else really mean to us? You know? Yeah. Um, so, th- so there's that element, but um, yeah, 
Um, I think following on from what Joe said, these are these are two people, and I put them in the same boat. Uh, these are two people that have to come in at the top, I think. And I like as much as I've enjoyed the matches of the Cope Open, you know, um, I don't think Mercedes should be slumming it on Rampage wrestling oh. a local. She's got a. I mean, and this is the type of thing that sometimes fan bases hate. You know, the outsider coming in and beating our people. But you, you, you got to say tough shit. You got to say tough shit. And like, un, unless you're married to this idea of Tony Storm being a champion for a hundred years, I'd be having Mercedes come in, win a match, and then get a title match, and I'd probably have her winning it. Like, I like let's let's not let's not do the fucking Copa. I don't know. I, I, I think collision, I don't know? think you do the title match right away. I think I bring in Mercedes, and then I mean, I mean, I don't know how much Tony Khan is gonna shoot the load on this show but i would have uh, a surprise return either either a, a, a jamie hater or a Britt baker and that's your Brit, show yeah. closing face off and that's your big yeah, initial yeah, yeah. match to build to at whatever yeah. the next interview is and then after that the title i, I would put it with Britt baker because she's been the face as much she's, as she's not been the best wrestler yeah. necessarily but she's been the, the she's been the, the star of AEW, the women's face of AEW. Yeah. so with her and she can lose as well it's not gonna hurt like jamie hater yeah. coming back and losing would be i think not great yeah. um but yeah brit losing to the mercedes but i mean that isn't perfect. that kind of kind of the point is you you want to have a match that feels big enough that you you're, you're not sure even if mercedes is necessarily gonna win if that's possible mm. yeah yeah no, she should just win she should have a match. i mean she should just win but <laughs> you want to have to be like i don't does that even matter i can't i don't even know i feel like Everyone, everyone kind of knows what's going to happen a lot of the time. Well, they should know. It doesn't I don't think people's enjoyment is necessarily spoiled by knowing that being pretty yeah. certain that someone's going to win. Yeah. I think nice. that's maybe just a little, little yeah. seed of doubt, though. I think is nice. So I mean, I would Some do. Punk I think came in and people like, well, he could lose to Darby Allen. It could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would he lose? That'd be stupid. We all know he's going to win. What's the, the wrestling think, is fake. Doesn't matter. We want to see him. The, we want to see our heroes win. You know. I think the Brit direction would be really good because that's a, that's a double whammy. Then you get the debut, but then you also people have been like, that's, where the fuck is she? You know what's saying. going on? You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and she she can. I mean, she 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 loses often anyway, and I don't I don't think it's ever it's significantly harder. Um, yeah, that'd oh, be yeah. interesting. I think I think if. I mean, now, there's not been a peep about Jamie Hader's timeline. I hope it's mm. soon. Like it, it seems very quiet. But I, that, I, if in a perfect world where if she was ready to go in the next few weeks, I'd be holding off on that. You have to do that at Wembley. You got to do that at Wembley. Mm. You got to put. I mean, and like, and doesn't I mean, it feel like they're holding on to some people. For, yes. For, yeah. 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 Um, you yeah. know, I would nearly. To get your money's worth, this is why I would kind of do. Like, we are just this is fucking fancy booking podcast now. Shame on us. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, this is why I like. We're allowed to yeah, we can do it. it. We can do it. We're allowed. But like, I, I that's why I would, like. I think Brit would be a great first feud. Mercedes wins, and I think at some point she gets the title relatively quickly. Get your money's worth out of her. Get a couple of pay per view defenses under her belt because I think you all. If you do it at Wembley, I think Jamie Hader has to win as well as the other thing. So, but I don't think you should be beating Mercedes unless she's had a nice tasty run, you know, before taking her first loss. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think I, I I and I I I I would say much the same about Okada. Now I don't know if I'm I'm not saying mm-hmm. put the belt on Okada necessarily, but they have seven hundred belts. I'd I'd yeah. be putting something on him probably. Right, um, we have we have Osprey coming in as well. I don't think Osprey is going to be as you say doing the cope open on a on a exactly. Rampage. Yeah, they just need they need to come in and face like mox or a hangman any of yeah, the, the yeah. big sort of three or four put them straight in that feud and make it feel like a bit i don't want to see him winning fucking matches against 
Hardys for six weeks no. to, to get to climb the rankings. It's like harder. He can automatically go to the top of the rankings. You can, you can put him at two. It's fine. You can just start him at two. Tanahashi. That's yeah, fine. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. That, that's that's no, obviously in your universe. You guys work with New Japan. You can acknowledge yeah. that stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. I. I mean. Yeah. Put him in. Like. Like. Put him in the mix with. I think. I think Mox Okada would actually be a great feud to start with because mm. it's new. They. I don't think they've ever faced each other. Mox can lose again. It doesn't really yeah. matter. Um, it tells people that he's coming in as a serious star. I mean, like, and it, and and the simple lot is like, again, I imagine these. I think these were probably two large checks that were signed. I would imagine. So I and although so so would so would Copeland would have been. I imagine as well. So I don't quite understand why we're doing that with Copeland, but I digress. Um, yeah, I, I I would say get Okada in there with with a a mox to your guy straight away. Um, yeah, Osprey is an interesting one as well. I actually kind of forgot about that because he just finished up with New Japan as well. So big, big, big week of departures for for them. Mm. Uh, but Osprey, I mean, Osprey does strike me as a type of guy. You know, you could slot him into that Orange Cassidy role. The you know win it. You know, take that title and but keep doing what he's doing. The guy having the standout matches on on every show and every pay per view. Um, uh, you know, uh, but it's, it's, there's going to be, uh, there's going to be a lot of upheaval and I think that's good. And I think, I, cause I think you've got three big names coming in soon. Um, and they, I mean, Osprey a little bit less so, but the, but certainly in, in the same ballpark as the other two, three people who need to come in hot and, and cannot be treading water. You know, I don't want to see any of them near fucking Chris Jericho. All right. I don't want to see any <laughs> of them near, and I certainly don't want to see any of them near the Hardy boys. All right. Let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's keep, let's keep, that's, that's the, that's the line they have to be above. <laughs> um, and like I said, you know, sometimes people grumble about, oh, our guys are losing. It's like when, when these people sign, they're your guys now. Okay. If you're an AEW fan, Mercedes Monet and Okada are now, you, they're in your promotion. So it's yeah. not a New Japan guy and a WWE guy coming in and beating your guys, quote unquote. They're, they're all your guys if you are yeah. a fan of that promotion. So suck it up, you know? Um, uh, but yeah, interesting. And I'm looking forward to that. Uh, no timeline on the Okada thing. I think the one-two punch at Big Business would be very good. I think that would be very good. Or even the one-two-three, have them all appear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, especially because they don't really need someone now because they're they're in pay-per-view mode now. Like, they're in the run-up to Revolution. They don't need they don't need people showing and up. Revolution is like a week and a half before that Dynamite as well. So you could potentially have maybe Osprey at the pay-per-view and then announced that he'll have like maybe his first match at big business. Yeah. Yeah. And then the two. Oh Lakers. yeah. That'd be great. Actually. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, yeah. So that is, uh, that is the AEW signing news um, yeah. for the week. And I think that is our uh, uh, wrestling talk, big wrestling news talk there this week. Uh, I don't know. I, this is not relating to anything, but I, I don't know where else I, I wouldn't bring it up during TV. Did either of you watch the Queen Amanata interview with Renee? They posted earlier today. It, yeah, really oh, yeah. good. I'm not going to say it should be on TV because it was like 12 minutes long. I don't think people, but like more it was of great. Those, yeah. More of those. I mean, that was great. And also, I think I didn't realize it had been. She, it was known that she had signed, but you know. Um, mm. I don't think they've done I didn't, the I didn't realize she was French speaking either. That was nice. I did, yeah. I suppose that's the great thing about segments like that. <laughs> I didn't. I realized I don't know a thing about this person. You know, so so um, yeah, that was great. Um, but as I didn't, not really under the realm of TV talk. So um, yeah, if you haven't seen that, they put it's, it's was it a Twitter only thing or something? I don't think they posted it anywhere else. I can't remember. Oh, anyway, it was, uh, it, was on, it was on. It was on their socials. It's uh, yeah. Renee, and this is also one of those situations where, like, Renee is like secretly like their best signing in like five years because <laughs> yeah. she's so good at these kind of thing. 
humanizes people, just has such a real likable interviewer presence that so many wrestling interviewers do not at all have. So yeah, check that out if you have not uh, have not seen that. Um, sticking with AE Dub, we segue over to our fantasy update for the week. We do, and there's a bi- there's big news, and I, I I will clarify something before we go into it because I want to get your guys again take. So the rules were two points for a tag win, four points for a single win, and then we had bonuses associated to championship wins, championship and world championship. Now, Mm -hmm. I never made it clear in the original rules, let's say someone was to win a singles championship, do you get four points for winning the match plus the 10 for winning the singles, or is it plus 10 for winning the match? So in, in my head, it's it's let's say in, in the case of Derby and Sting this week, it's they don't get twelve for winning the match and the championship. It's it's was ten altogether. Yeah. I think so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think I think plus ten on top of winning the match is is too much of a bonus. Too much, yeah. If that makes sense. No, you've put thoughts into the balance, and I think you're right. Yeah, uh, we do have a new leading team this week. Go on. Um, partially in part to the Derby Allen win obviously that's the first title win of the year uh, i also if you want to go to chairshotpodcast.com rather than posting the link underneath the i've just added a link at in the in the header aw fancy oh make it easy nice. for people to go see so uh barry unfortunately you did not have a great week you your, your total for this week was negative two uh, which is a bad week because ricky you, you didn't have a lot of people wrestling at all uh Swerve Strickland, Richard, Richard Starks lost. Swerve Strickland with a draw. Willow Nightingale with a tag win, and Ricky Starks with not only a loss but a championship loss and negative five points. Um, I scored for the week uh, thirty points in a single. <laughs> <which> is, <laughs> oh, yeah, little bitch. Uh, John Moxley and Tony Storm wrestling twice in the week. Tony Storm with two singles wins got me eight points alone. Darby wow. with ten. Um, Kanosuke with four. Joe scored a fifteen. Uh, not okay, on, good week not, as well. Not too bad for the team. So the standings go thusly. Uh, I'm on 96. Joe's Jesus. on 89. Barry, unfortunately, starting to fall behind 66. Fuck so you, you might want to start looking at you might want to start looking at getting Miro out and maybe one of the big one of the big incoming stars in because I mean Miro, you want me? Miro is not doing you any Miro. Where world. where is that man? Where is he? Has he been found? They put Miro on milk cartons right now in the US. Motherfuck! I mean, so, even though it would do me no favors in in the league, do a job, brother. Holy shit! Just go on do television, something. do something. Um, so Orange Cassidy is is still top of the pile. He's he's the first person uh, to reach twenty points individually. Who's obviously okay. Joe's number one pick. Uh, Darby Allen, Adam Copeland, and John Moxley all on eighteen. So me and Joe are splitting the top the top four. Uh, Barry, your highest point scorers are Swerve Strickland and Eddie Kingston on 17 and 16. Sting is now the highest scoring non-drafted uh, wrestler. <laughs> um, uh, along with Daniel Garcia, who's crept into the uh, the top scorers, Ooh. and Roderick Strong. Daniel Garcia on 12 and Roderick Strong on 10. Um, so there you go. So also notable, we have no collision this week. So okay. um, I don't know um. how that's going to affect any potential transfers or any anything about that. But um, announced for Dynamite, we do have Joe's going to have Nick Jackson and Adam Copeland in action. I'm going to have Sky Blue and Barry's going to have Willow Nightingale. 
Um, Come so on, yeah, bro. again, I would be looking at, at at moving Miro on first chance he gets. Yeah, right? I, after after Joe did a trade <laughs> last week, I said I was going to peruse the the roster and I actually yes. forgot. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. do that this week. I'm, I'm gonna make that one of my uh, little procrastinations in the week. Yeah. I'm gonna peruse and that roster. Keep in mind, page. we have the entire table on that on that page. You can see every wrestler who's wrestled this year, all their scores, um, how often they wrestle, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you might, and also okay. again, there's no rule against. If you want to jump out in front and draft a an uh, yeah, Okada, an existing point I mean, scorer. yeah, even 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 if there is you know a rumor that Okada's coming in, if you want to take the punt and go, I pick Okada, and then ultimately he joins WWE, you're 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 gonna lose a, a draft pick, but at the same time you might get out in front of Joe or myself picking up yeah. a, an Okada or a Mercedes or whatever. Yeah. Um. So that's the update on the fantasy league. Uh, big old week again. First time we've had a, an AEW championship change hands. Um. Of course, go knowing- check that sheet on the website. Thank you, Paul, yeah. for putting that up. And while you're there, pop us a mail as well. Cheershotpodcast.com. Yes. Uh, now, because it's our anniversary show, we also have a new quiz format. Hey. Uh, which is which is you know I just called beat the clock. We do have um wrestling beat the clock. Um. You know has been quite. We've done that in years. Yeah, quite quite a bit over the years. Um, so what it is, it's a quick fire A to Z uh, of questions. So each of you is going to have 26 questions. The oh, first wow. answer will begin with the letter A. The second will begin with B. Oh, I'll shout yeah. out the letter before I ask the question. You have 180 seconds. So okay. three minutes to get all 26, right? Now, it's like the chase. Here's the thing. You can, if you're not sure, or you know, if we know when you're under pressure and someone says, uh, name the thing that starts with W, uh, you can pass. Wrestling. You can pass, and we will come back to it at the end. Okay. But if you get, if you answer and get it wrong, it's locked out. It's locked. Okay. And whoever okay. gets the highest score within the 180 seconds between the two is the winner. Makes sense? Alrighty. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna let Joe go first, and what'll happen is if you pass or get one wrong, we we flip over to the other person. Okay, so it's not you know who what time you have to be or whatever. So Joe, since last time Barry got to pick, you get to go first, and you can pick if you want set one or set two of questions. Set one. Joe wants set one. Okay, Joe. So you have a hundred, you one hundred eighty seconds, and your time right. starts. Are you ready? And the, they begin A, B, I just, I got a bit lost there. Yeah. So the Each, first answer is A, B, C, D for, for all of my questions. And then Barry has the same one for different yeah, questions. Correct. Okay. You, yeah, you okay. each have 26 questions. Each answer is is uh, an ascending letter of the alphabet. I'll tell right, you what, right, right. Yeah. What, okay. what the letter is. And also to clarify, in the, in the case of a person's name, it's the first letter of the first name, unless I state otherwise. Okay. Okay. So an example would be the letter V former owner of wwe you would say vince mcmahon big venom yeah <laughs> for example okay joe are you ready let's go baby time starts now uh, a shared nickname of kanosuke takeshita and chris jericho ace oh that's incorrect Sorry. and your time oh, alpha. pauses that was the alpha was of course the correct answer there okay so that was 7.7 seconds, Joe. We're going to go over to Barry now. Are you ready, Barry? Yes. Okay. Your time starts now. A, in WWE, Cesaro's first name. Antonio. Correct. B, nasty boy and friend of Hulk Hogan. Brian Nobbs. 
Correct. C, Brian Myers Wrestling School, home of MGF and Chris Statlander. Create a pro. Correct. Uh, D, Undertaker's Build Hometown. Death Valley. Correct. E, supposedly retired luchador now runs an orphanage. El Generico. Correct. Uh, F, WCW's Autumn Pay-Per-View. Fall Brawl. Correct. G, only WrestleMania streak opponent of The Undertaker beaten by DQ. Di Gonzalez. Correct. H, wearer of the gobbledygooker costume. Pass. Okay, pass. Right, we don't give the answer, obviously, because we'll come back to that one later. But uh, okay, Barry okay. did quite well there. That was uh, 44 seconds for you. 44.68 seconds. Okay, Joe. Okay. okay. We are going to pick up again on B for you. Are you ready, Joe? Let's go. Let's go. I'm ready now. <laughs> Time <laughs> resumes. Time resumes. Now, B, Irish WWE Women's World Champion. Becky Lynch. Correct. C, Sting versus Ric Flair time limit draw at this show. Clash of the Champions. Correct. One. D, was revealed as Undertaker's wife's stalker. DDP. Correct. E, last ever WWE ECW Champion. Zico Jackson. Correct. F, <laughs> name of dancing wrestler whose song and dance hit big in the 2010s. Fandango. Correct. G, heel alter ego of the hurricane. Gregory Holmes. Correct. H, nickname of Adam Page. Hangman. Correct. I, home state of CM Punk and WrestleMania 22. Illinois. Correct. J, starred in movies such as Fast X and Barbie. John Cena. Correct. K, ECW vampire, rebranded from Mordecai. Kevin Thorne. Correct. L, third member of Team Extreme along with the Hardy Boys. Lita. Correct. M, had her head shaved at WrestleMania 20. Molly Holly. Correct. N, WWE show debuted around the same time as this podcast. NXT. Correct. O, current user of the Worm Caterpillar uh, finisher. Otis. Correct. P, former manager of Mankind, Kane, and The Undertaker. Bobera. Correct. Q, Canadian tag team. Quebecers. Correct. Or, or R, legend who returned during the Hogan-McMahon match at WrestleMania 19. Uh, Roddy Piper. Correct. S, WWE pay-per-view known for featuring multi-person elimination rules matches. Survivor Series. Correct. T, AW wrestler whose name formerly featured a question mark. Uh, pass. Pass. Okay. Very good run there, Joe. Good run, Joe. Well done. We'll come back to that one. Obviously, don't say the answer. Uh, okay, you're on two minutes twenty-seven. Uh, sorry, two minutes zero seconds at point two seven. So you have a minute left for the remaining six uh, answers, Joe. Barry, you're on forty-four seconds. All right, and we're going to pick up your questions now. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time resumes in three. Excuse me, I got a burp, so I'm going to pause the timer on the countdown. <laughs> Excuse me. Time resumes right. in three. Two, one, I, one half of private party. Isaiah Cassidy. Correct. J, current AW bold boy working sporadic New Japan dates. Jack Perry. <laughs> Correct. K, nickname also shared by Cross and Kowalski. Killer. Correct. L, other member of Shane Taylor promotions in AW. What's the letter? L. Ali Moriarty. Correct. M, first name shared by Jackson, Hardy, and Cardona. Matt. 
Correct. And beloved retro WWF video game. No mercy. Correct. Oh, AEW wrestler who took part in Stadium Stampede match at All In. Oh. Uh, pass. Fuck. Okay. Pass on that one. Don't say the answer. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Right, Joe, we're back to you. You have about a minute left, and you have six answers and a pass. So we'll come back to the past one as well. Okay, are you ready? Okay. Time starts in three, two, one. Uh, you, better known alias of Punisher Dice Morgan and the Master of Pain. Undertaker. Correct. V, member of the Righteous. Vincent. Correct. W, what the second W in WCW stands for. Wrestling. Correct. X, Rob Black promotion featured on Dark Side of the Ring. XPW. Correct. Y, former WWF champion wrestled under the Japanese flag despite not being so. Yokozuna. Correct. Z or Z, wrestler famous for only having one leg. Zach Gowan. Correct. T, AEW wrestler whose name formerly featured a question mark. Bam, ba ba bam, ba ba bam, ba ba best friends, Trent Barretta. Correct. Okay. Joe, with two minutes oh. and 46 seconds, your score is 25. Good stuff. Barry, you have not got one wrong yet, so you can still potentially get the win here. Oh, God. I don't know about you, these ones I passed on. Go on you're on one minute 36, so you're about halfway through your time. Okay. Okay. And you, we're on the letter P. Okay. Okay. Your time starts in three, two, one. P fought his mysterious mentor in a bloody war at Ultima Lucha 1. Uh, Pentagon. Correct. Q, recently departed AEW wrestler. Uh, QT Marshall. Correct. Or UK-based promotion, often features New Japan talent. Rev Pro. Correct. S, WWE tag team, currently aligned with Bobby Lashley. Uh, Street Profits. Correct. T, violent match type, often featured in AEW. Uh, Texas Death. Correct. Uh, U, country currently going viral for their wrestling exploits, home of Kamala. Uganda. Correct. <laughs> v, member of the former WWE tag team, The Ascension. Victor. Correct. W, man stood on top of large building, shocking Hulk Hogan in WCW. The wall. <laughs> Correct. X, smallest member of D-Generation X. X-Pac. Correct. Y, Japanese wrestler who competed in WCW and most recently AEW. Yuji Nagata. Correct. Z, perennial WWE loser who had brief success with YouTube channel. Zack Ryder. Correct. H, wear of the gobbledygooker costume. Kill Billy Jim. It's incorrect. Oh, AW wrestler who took part in the stadium stampede match at All In. Five Cassidy. Seconds. Incorrect. I, I, I knew I wasn't going to get those two. I knew I wasn't going to get them. I completely blanked on the... I... Who was I can't remember who the gobbledygooker was. The gobbledygooker was Hector Guerrero, and I was looking for Ortiz. <sighs> Ortiz, I knew they were. I knew both those answers were wrong. Yeah. I just I had to take a step. Although if, if Orange Cassidy was also in that match, I I think I have to give that to you because my. I, don't, I no, I don't I, think he was. Nah, I don't think he was. No, he. he um, I don't think he was anyway. No, 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 because it was like Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. It was that. It was yeah. It was like yeah. Um. 
No, it was Orange Cassidy, Eddie Kingston, Penta, and the best friend. So I'm, I, I have to, even though my what I was looking for was Ortiz. Oh, okay, Orange well, yeah, Cassidy okay, I'll, is, I'll take is, that. But Joe still wins. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll give you twenty four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was looking for Ortiz, but you're right in that Orange Cassidy wasn't that match, and my my question did not stipulate on you know on what Ooh, team. Fair enough, yeah. <sighs> so the, good job. Uh, that was a great quiz. I like you, that. You got it within four. two minutes and fifty six seconds. It's it's quite a takes it out of me doing yeah. the quiz with two different clocks and everything but and coming yeah, up with yeah. fi- 52 questions <laughs> but um there we go that's your anniversary uh quiz anyway well done good knowledge well, on both thanks. players uh, well done joe a, a well deserved done, win and thank you very much paul for a great quiz big, shout big out to the, there after the first yeah. game <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was pure drama pure storytelling uh, and and well done to to the Ugandan boys. They got their their ring funded. Uh, oh, legends, funny. legends. They're keeping they're keeping they're keeping backyard and alive. God bless them. Um. Uh. Yeah. I actually forgot to bring that up last week. I was gonna like oh, I got a new show for us to review every week because <laughs> uh, they're great. Uh, so yeah, well done to them. Um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we will segue here into our TV. Uh. Uh. Our, our wrestling TV, I should say. Uh, before we get back into the AW, we'll take a reprieve. Paul, you you watched? Did you watch the New Japan stuff today? Uh, I watched some uh, the of it. Match. And, I wa- no. I watched. Um. No, I watched the Danielson Saber Saber Junior match. Oh yes. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Fucking. Mm, nom, 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 eat it up. Lovely. Lovely stuff. Uh. Long as well. Lo- much longer than the uh, Wrestle Dream match. I think they went about thirty-five minutes. Wow, okay, yeah. Lovely technical pretzel wrestling. Oh, it was right up my alley. I loved it. Um, I've been watching the cage match, and I'm about what feels like half an hour in. <laughs> and it's Unfortunately, it's like War Games rules. Yeah, I heard they were so doing that. Yeah, it, mm. So it, 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 so far, it feels long, and not much has happened. And, you know, it's not, it's not, heard, um, yeah. Very mixed things about it. People seem to love it, and then a bunch of other people. Also, like, I, but that that seems to be more, since since the return of war games. That seems to just be the way people either love it or you just roll your eyes at it. And I, you know, the weird thing is I, that the New Japan Cage isn't on the ring; it's around like almost like close to the crowd barricade. But also, it's okay, not a very high sense, cage. Yeah. It's maybe maybe ten feet, okay. and also the door is just left open the whole time. So, so it's I just it's just more for aesthetic and smashing people against, I guess. Kind it? of, yeah. It, it's because yeah. when I when I heard about, it, I said, "Oh, it's like a hell in a cell at the top." And I was like, mm, "No, it's more like a, a more like a slightly inconvenient fence around <laughs> around the right. ring." Like, what? all right, but it's it's also not chicken wire. It's more like the old blue cage where it's just oh, mm. that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, when they when they announced that, I thought that sounds cool. It might be crazy, like one of the old Ring of Honor matches or like a, a cage of death or whatever. But when they not then yet. when they say. Cause they, it was a it was a relatively late announcement when they were like, oh, and by the way, it's War Games rules. I was like, ugh, I don't okay, I don't, I, I, I'm straight away lost yeah. interest. But yeah, because we started watching uh, it after the football today, and we had an hour and a half before this podcast. I said, okay, let's watch Saber Junior first, then we'll watch Cage, and then we'll watch the Okada match when we get it finished before the podcast. We have we haven't even finished the second match yet because Danielson okay. match went so long, and this match is I feel like half an hour in, we've only got to like the fourth members of the team to the ring, so it's very. Okay. Very slow, um, but uh, the Saber Junior and Dynasty match was excellent. The cage match potentially could be. So far, it isn't. Uh, you saw they're they're teasing a third Saber Dragon match. 
Right. Um, uh, it's, uh, Zach made some comment about it, be, or I think Danielson made some comment about it being neutral ground, which people I think people leapt to Wembley as as being the location, but I said, but but surely Forbidden Door is new is technically uh, neutral ground because that's technically a co-promoted show. I think that's what they were driving at, not AEW's biggest show of the year. Um, mm. Yeah, so yeah. they'll do another one. That's not neutral because it's in England. That makes dragons sense. like let's 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 make this fair. I'll go to England and fight you in front of eighty thousand of your fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should, should we be worried about this Berlin pay per view WWE are doing? Uh, nothing ever where... good has happened in Berlin. Let's be honest. No, but so, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that where? Oh, is, it, have... is that where the match is going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what I mean. That would be funny. <laughs> yeah, that's how he announces he's jumping. He's like, oh, by the way. <laughs> Um, I've, I'm, I, I want to wrestle this man in somewhere somewhere different, and I really meant it. Um, I want loads more LED lights. That's what I care about as a wrestler. So you, so you, so obviously, so you didn't, you didn't finish the cage, so you didn't see the Okada no. thing uh, yet. Okay, so we'll, we'll report back. Next. I actually want to watch that as well. So I, I will report back next week. Um, I thought it was interesting, and and I think smart that they um, spoilers they didn't have him do a load of jobs on the way out. Um, because the funny thing about AEW being his landing spot is that he's probably going to be making somewhat regular appearances in New Japan. I would say, do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. so they they didn't do any kind of you know. Uh, I, this is also the guy who's kind of you could you could credit with like revitalizing that brand and certainly helping it mm. you know with its 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 American slash Western resurgence. Yeah, you know, but so. let 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 a Yo uh, Suji get a win over him. Like, come on, now. nah. Come on now, the old lads would be rolling in their graves for not not doing business the right way on the way out of the. Wait, you're having a laugh? Oh my god, you're like this is. They'd be saying yes, son, absolutely. You've you've done well there. You've done us proud. But anyway, yeah. So we might report back next week with a follow up on on that. Into the regularly scheduled AEW reviews, um, uh, Dynamite this week kicked off with Swerve versus <sighs> Hangar 3. Oh, baby. And it was top-notch. It was pay-per-view Ooh, level baby. stuff, I thought. Um, I always do yeah. get that little that little heebie-jeebie, though, when a match of, of that magnitude opens the show. I, I'm always suspicious now. I always go, mm. this, I, I smell a draw coming. We, we talked about that last yeah. week, of course. Yeah. yeah, I will say as great as the match was, I, I I didn't like the booking. I didn't like the draw. I don't like the three way. Yeah, I did. I didn't. I like the idea of of the almost double turn with Swerve as the face and Hangman as the heel. But I feel like the first month of them bringing back the rankings was not the right time for them to for Hangman to do this. I'm I'm ranked above you, which I don't even think was correct uh, going into the match. I'm not sure. I, I I didn't double check the JPEG myself, um, but I, I found that logic to be really wonky. And and then just generally speaking, I'm way less interested in a three way than I would be Joe versus Swerve or Joe versus Hangman. I would be. I think I'd be more into both of those matches separately. Um, mm. Yeah, but uh, the match was great, and I'm sure the ma- and I'm sure the pay per view match will then be excellent. I mean, I'm not underselling the the match, but on paper, it's a three way. No, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But um, the match was the match was fantastic here. Um, they 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 did the the finish where Swerve had him beat for what would have been mm. the third time as well, which was interesting. And then yeah, as you say, Hangman 
being the one to not do the 30 raids, it seemed like a pretty definitive double turn, which is interesting going forward. Although it seems like crowds have been generally more receptive to Swerve as of late. What a novel idea. What the crowds like this guy, let's turn him babyface. It yeah. seems like wrestling has been so, and obviously when I say wrestling, I do primarily mean WWE, have been so averse to that kind of idea for the longest time. It feels like such a novelty. Um, but yeah, I wonder if that'll mean that Swerve will then move away also from the mogul embassy. I don't get what he would have to gain from still being aligned with them as a face. Um, yeah. And I would have, I, I wish mean, they, we got, they, yeah. Well, we have like Brian Cage feuding with Hook, for example. So it seems like it's opposed. But also, I feel like we sh- we should have got a more satisfying reason. I mean, we talked we touched on this last week. Why a draw here means that the result is a triple threat match. I would have preferred Joe to have been rather than being angry by that turnout that he should have been the one asking Tony Khan, "Look, I'm the best. I'll take on both these guys. I don't care." Yeah. I'm gonna be yeah, we got that segment next, and uh, yeah, I didn't like Joe being like angry. He has to wrestle a three way. I mean, I know he's a heel, but like that that doesn't seem in line with Joe's character no, at all. I didn't, I didn't care <laughs> for that. Um, yeah, and then like I said, I mean, first, first, I'm glad the rankings are back, but I, I this was not, this is not the good way to cap off the first big program that was about being ranked number one. Uh, also, like if you wanted to be a real nerd about it, you you could do like G one math on it and be like, okay, well, okay, with the tiebreaker here, Swerve has beaten this man twice. He's the number one contender. Do you know what I mean? Like you yeah, could yeah. you could attack it from a number of different angles. And I, I guess I guess I guess maybe the the point of it was that you're supposed to feel like Hanger backdoored into a match he doesn't deserve to cement the heel turn. But I don't know. Uh, yeah. So great match. So so booking. You know. Um. Uh, we got Tony Storm defeating Red Velvet in an eliminator match, uh, uh, which led to another uh, Diana uh, face-off. I thought this match was all right. I think t- I think the Tony matches are paring down the antics a little bit, um, you know, and having actual <laughs> matches. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's, it's not all Luther throwing in the shoe and her going, oh, my goodness, oh, golly. You know, <laughs> I, I, you know she had I love all that stuff, though. I mean, but it, I, I mean, it's funny, but like, the I, thing get that just I get your me, point. Like a real, yeah. it gets me all cornet is when it like takes over the match. Do you know that's, what I mean? That's why I wouldn't have Monet come in and beat her because I don't think you should put her in like a comedy match. Yeah, I think that's fair. So I'd take I it, maybe fair. take it off her. Could it on, put it on Parazzo and then put it yeah, on yeah. Monet, something like that? Just also get me 10 points. But um, yeah, I, I was <laughs> thinking about that. <laughs> but I'll have it put it on Sheeda again. Fuck it, give her a fourth, fifth, sixth yeah. brain, whatever it is now. You know, something like that. But yeah, I enjoyed it and I enjoyed the promo. I actually watched Collision this week uh, for a change and um, I enjoyed the promo on the back. Uh, the there was it the boy pimple on my bum hole my bum hole <laughs> <laughs> she's um, very funny i mean that's the one yeah. thing i took from this man also diana was on commentary she barely said anything she didn't say much yeah no whereas yeah. tony on commentary is like more of a highlight for me than the match that's happening some, some weeks yeah tony the only, the only thing i dislike when tony's on commentary is and this is a, a thing that wwe does and i hate it and aw does cut into her the whole time it's like okay i can yeah, hear her yeah, jokes yeah. i can yeah. hear her jokes I, I, she's I on commentary lads i don't yeah. i mean don't get me wrong. She's pulling some very funny faces, but I, <laughs> but but I, I don't, I don't need it. One yeah, or two. I, actually, isn't it? I didn't think, yeah, about Diana potentially, you know, upsetting uh, Tony to segue into a, a possible money. That's actually very interesting. Um, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen, but that would be one way to, 
Yeah, it'd be, no, it'd be interesting. It'd yeah. be interesting. And I think, and I, I think, kind of similar to what we were saying about money as well. I mean, obviously, Dion is not on that level at all. But they seem the early doors. They seem committed to like. Diana is a you know she's going to be on that level you know she's yeah. going to be pushed uh, and and you know the AEW's women's division possibly for the first time in maybe ever uh, feels like it has an actual bit of momentum to it because they've made all these we've talked about it in the last couple of weeks they got Monet they got May they've got Diana possibly Brit coming back they've had Thunder Rosa come back a few weeks ago they've got they've got finally their ducks are in a row Statlander, I think having, Willow Sky Blue Statlander, Willow an actual tag thing happening, which is good as well. So maybe they want to put a, a a stamp on it and have like uh, you know again look people love the Tony Tony's over like not but like have someone beat the comedic character, put a stamp yeah, and plus even if she holds it for a month and instantly loses it to money still Diana winning in her first pay per view match that that cements her as a top person in the division even if she never wins it again do you know what I mean that's one that's one of those classic wrestling things so uh, interesting interesting in that pay and I, I think that match will be really good as well assuming that the comedy will be a, a, to a minimum um, uh, we got the Blackpool Combat Club versus Hechicero Mascara Dorada and Volador Junior uh, I thought this was a great old laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Dorada had a couple of a uh, couple of shaky moments. Yeah, uh, but also he was doing the most spectacular stuff, so naturally there'd be a little, uh, mm-hmm. a, a little, a little iffiness. But I thought he was really spectacular. I I, I liked that they had Hechicero do the hits for the Wednesday crowd, yeah, the Joes of the good. world who di- who didn't see the who didn't see the <laughs> spinning Danielson around in the hammerlock move. He's like he got to do that again. Shame he didn't have his fireballs though for his entrance. Yeah, you can't you can't, you can't win them all. <sighs> Um, this is just a really fun, simple feud, and I'm way into it. Um, yeah. uh, and as we said last week, I know summer is kind of far away. I, I would love if they did a cross promotional event in Mexico. See, all those guys could go over and be heels in Mexico would be amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah enjoy this. Enjoy this a lot. For sure, for sure. I like mm-hmm. Hechicero for sure. You know, Tony, keep an eye on his contract status. I know Mexico is all very <laughs> yeah. fucking loose. All these, all these strategic, away. all these strategic partnerships are just to like snatch various people as soon as he can. Uh, yeah. So uh, that was good stuff. BCC won, and then uh, uh, Mystico, Esfringe, and Star Junior jumped into the ring. I actually didn't see Collision this week, so Joe's picking up the slack for me. How, how was that match on Collision? The the Star Junior match. Oh, I was pretty good. I quite enjoyed that yeah. attack match. Yeah, yeah, it was a good, good start. Similar vein again. So I assume did BCC win that one as well, or yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, all right, all right, Tony. Let's. let's, well, let's my understanding let's, let's is give the invader some wins here a little well, bit. My, right. my understanding is Star Junior and Esfinghi are not exactly the two that are going to get the wins. No, well, of course not. No, no, yeah, but they've also, but they've they've also beaten the Hechiceros uh, yeah. of the of uh, well, the world. Also, well. also, to be fair, Hechicero beat the fuck out of Brian Danielson for twenty minutes when they had their match. That is Brian true. got about two moves in. They did lay that match out in in a perfect way if that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, uh, backstage, we got uh, the Undisputed Kingdom laying out Chuck Taylor. So there you go. The worst act in AEW currently. The the the, the United. I keep I keep almost saying the United Kingdom, the Undisputed Kingdom. Awful. Um, Awful. Ah, uh, they are shite. They yeah. Are R- so Ring shit. of Honor twenty eight. 16 mid card 16 fucking mid card act yeah what is this is not related to anything what is what is will osprey's faction called it's also something united United empire Empire. so we're gonna have the we're gonna have the undisputed kingdom and the united empire in in one company Uh, that's gonna drive me insane they won't use the united empire i'm sure he'll just be his new but they did in his last couple of uh they've they've done matches as a unit and he's and and they signed aussie open as well true Uh, so so they may do but anyway 
Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Like, I realize you want to get your stars on TV, but like, why is Adam Cole at TV? He's re- he's obviously way off being cleared. Maybe he wants know. to be there. I, I wonder know. if because the, mostly these segments are backstage, if they just taped 15 of them the one week Adam Cole was there. Possible. Yeah, possible. Yeah. Um. Uh, we got this is where we got the announcement of big business. There you go. Uh, Takeshita versus Jericho. Uh, I feel like I almost fell asleep during this match, and it got like four and a half stars in the Observer this week. So I don't know what television no, feeds no, no, no. goes to Dave's house in San Jose, but I certainly did not have this. Um, it, you know, it was all right. It was you know, um, but I, I I certainly didn't on this show with a bunch of other great matches. It certainly wasn't ranking up there for me. I don't, know. Um, I don't know what he was talking no. about. Good to see uh, that Jericho's reign of terror over the f- family just was won, where he beat Fletcher uh, yeah. to catch the beat with his own finish. Then, yeah, at least finally to get. Well, the, I was about to say finally to catch gets a big win, but he he beat Omega twice, and they still for, instantly forgot about him again. So maybe this time we'll we'll be off to the races at Takeshita. I don't know. Also, Sammy Guevara hit Paris Hobbs with like an unprotected chair shot to the head. Oh, did he? I missed that. Yeah, he clobbered him over the crowd barricade. There you go. Mm -hmm. Um, And the main event was uh, Big Bill and Ricky Starks against Sting and Darby Allin in a tornado tag. And I thought this was a tremendous laugh, I have to say. Oh, that funny. I mean, Sting, I mean, talk about going out on top when they like just purely as someone, whatever about as someone who likes Sting, as someone who just likes watching Dynamite, when he retires, you're going to be like, it's that is a major negative on the show. (laughs) They're losing one of their best guys. It's because they're booking Um, back to my, you know, take on them not booking people like stars. He's the only person in the history of this promotion that has consistently been booked like a fucking star every time he comes out. And that's why he's having the best run of his entire career, except for maybe Crow Sting 97. Like, uh, is what if I was to jump off a balcony (laughs) 30 seconds into the match? How about that, lads? That spot was insane. That is like yeah. the kind of spot that would have happened in ECW in 1995, and people would have shared gifts of it on AOL, and it would have spread <laughs> yeah, across the world. Yeah. Now it's just like a yeah, 65 year old man does it. Yeah. On, yeah. 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 Does he yeah. know that he has to live another like few weeks for Revolution to <laughs> for the, t- the ticket sold for that show for people come and see him specifically? Yeah, he's probably Easy. like I, I can I can defend these titles on both shows every week until Revolution. Yeah. Let's get these defenses up. You know? Let's have a scaffold match. I'll take the ball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they had a great match. Oh, the final stretch with Starks and Sting. Oh, yeah. great yeah. stuff. Great stuff. Where he, Starks was doing. Oh God, do I have to put him down? But then Sting started firing up. He's like, Oh fuck! I better hit him with the spear <laughs> before he kills me. There was one bit uh, where Big Bill just. Clothesline sting so hard. It was so great. <laughs> oh, Big Bill is great. Remember the spot where he was banging oh. Darby's head on the on the mat? No, that the, was... the spot where he caught Darby off the dive into the yeah. big black hole slam. Oh, oh Big Bill's the man. We love the Big Bill. Yeah, we love Large William. Uh so yeah, Sting, it came down to him and Starks. He 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 caught him in the in the in the DDT and pinned him and huge pop, got the titles. Um, uh, Nicholas and Matthew came out, and as we've kind of been saying for a few weeks yeah. during all this, all these goofball segments, you got you got the segment where they came out and beat the shit out of them with the bats and wearing their insane Vice City white suits because they knew because they knew Darby was going to do a gig ski, 
and uh, uh, bled all over them. And then these two boyos that I tell you what, who should be debuting at big business. It's these big fucking men. Steve's Steve's absolutely gigantic sons hop the barricade. <laughs> these fucking guys. Oh my god, they are so how listen, Sting and the Sons trios champions. Let's fucking get it done. <laughs> these guys and also they both they both look like they could play Sting in a movie but for different like phases of his life yeah, like yeah. The, like oh my god, they look so much like him. It, it's oh, so it's tremendous. I was like every time the camera goes to them I was like these guys are it's, these guys better be signed. Uh, I I assume uh, at this stage of their life, if they have not, if they have not gotten into wrestling yet with Sting as their dad, presumably they have no interest. But yeah. uh, they they did hop, and of course we got the on top of the bloody. We also got the beating up the kids in front of him and 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 all that, which is a classic, a classic wrestling angle. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So so I I thought that was a tremendous way to as someone who hasn't been into this this Nicholas and Matthew stuff. It's so nod nod wink wink. I you know I'm I'm, I'm over that level of 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 breaking the fourth wall but this was this was the good stuff do you know yeah. what i mean this was yeah this was top notch yeah i would have had staying bleed yeah as 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 a, as a very slight nitpick staying like darby okay everyone loves darby small and all that but staying is ultimately the the old lad that everyone wants protected you know mm. So I think the the emotion would have been with Sting that if he had taken really the brunt of it, I get they did the kids as well, the big muscly children, but um, still time, still time, Got still time, still time. Got three more, three more weeks. Yeah, I wouldn't I be surprised watched, to be played in the match. Yeah, I watched a couple of days ago a or maybe a Friday a compilation on on YouTube. It's called Best of Sting 1997, and it's just clips from Nitro in the build up to Starcade of Sting returning and harassing the nwo and it's the best wrestling stuff I've yeah in 10 years it's just staying like rappelling down from the rafters on a harness and, like, and then it just goes and it flies off and he's in the ring with a baseball bat beating up the nwo and then he comes out from the crowd and he comes down and they all fucking run away it's like oh my god it's so good i want to see some some of that in the next couple of weeks i want to see like fake stings and i don't know they oh. young mugs running off they should, but after like after his sons got beaten up, there has to be at least one week where he's in the rafters looking looking angry. And, yeah, you know, I mean, you got to do that once. I think they've done it before in, in since with the Derby team, but they got to do at least one in the run of the revolution. Just him there, not not emoting, just standing there in the shadows. That'd be great. Get the um, get the bird, bring the bird back. That same one from WCW. It's probably still alive. <laughs> it's, it still has Eric Bischoff trapped in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he. Uh... Yeah, he needs to also once more do the pulling off the mask to reveal it's Sting yes. underneath as well. He did that so many times in this compilation; it was brilliant. One um, last, well, just all the hits, just yeah. one last demasking, and and I wonder what his entrance will be at Revolution. Surely it's going to be a special one. I mean, I have to imagine it'll be something. I mean, he'll descend mm. from somewhere, or maybe he'll ascend from somewhere. He'll come up through the old Cody hole or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, but we love the Stinger, and uh, I, I'm I'm greatly not looking forward to him being gone but at the same time looking forward to the spectacle of this final match i'd say it's gonna be great um so yeah i uh that was top-notch dynamite top-notch um i didn't see collision this week what was the what was your scare on it yeah uh, it was bad daniel garcia came out and challenged adam copeland that was a nice little segment yeah he had um, just beaten um who, who did garcia wrestle on the show uh, shane taylor shane taylor okay yeah yeah, so that was good. Um, 
He yeah, beat him with a leg grapevine instead of the sharpshooter. He wasn't able to get them big legs into a sharpshooter, I guess. Oh, that's nice. I like. I always like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So that was good. I mean, otherwise, it just felt. I mean, I don't want to say it was. It was necessarily rampage level because I feel like it was slightly more than that. But this felt like those collisions a few weeks ago, where it's just we announced eight matches for the two hours and we just do them. Yeah. You know, and everyone who you predict is going to win is going to win. Tony Storm yeah. is going to beat Queen Amanada. Diana Prazzo is going to beat Kiara Hogan. Orange Cassie's going to beat Ishii. Although that match was also quite fun as well. But it was like it was like a match compilation with not much advance. Yeah, I was. I was. I thought the card looked great. I was disappointed to wake up and there was like no buzz about it at all. I was like, okay, uh, okay, that's fair enough. We don't have to. We don't have to uh, deep dive on it if there wasn't much notable on it. Um, Alrighty, uh, we will segue over then to our other guffs, our non-wrestling guffs. Although I suppose we can segue on some sort of wrestling angle, because the Iron Claw has hit the theaters mm. this week. I'm yet to see it. I'm going to try and go see it tomorrow. Uh, I hope to have seen it by next by next uh, podcast, but we'll see. Uh, hit me with it. What's the what's the story on, on Iron Claw? Well, Joe talked about Iron Claw last week, yeah, and I saw it this week. Uh, it's the Yushan Durkin movie, director of Marcia, Martha May Marlene, which I loved. Never saw the second movie, The Nest. I believe it's not that good. Uh, but Iron Claw, I thought, was great. Great performances um, throughout. Although, I feel like it's a movie that's both a pro and a con to go in being a wrestling fan and knowing the story. Mm. Um, in the sense of you know, it's 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 almost so tragic a movie or or story that were it not true, it would almost be too melodramatic and too silly. But the fact that it's a pared down version of the real tragedy is is really yeah. funny. But simultaneously, um, it, especially in the early goings, there's a lot of exposition to explain to non wrestling viewers what's going on, right? How wrestling works and so on. Um, also because there's so much tragedy in this story, the pacing of it for me was a little quick and nothing really has enough time to be fully set up or fully paid off because someone's dying and we're on to the next one, you know, mm. and it's not a short movie. It's like two hours, 10, give or take two hours, 15. And it still feels slightly rushed. Um, I, I don't know whether it would be better served as having been a a mini series or something. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's all there's also only so much tragedy one can, one can take uh, in a two hour window. Um, but yeah, I thought Efron was great. I thought your man from the Bear, whose name I don't know, was great. Jamie, um, I yeah. Um, also, I think they're a little fair to Fritz. I know he wasn't quite a Grizzly Smith, but they don't quite go so deep into um mm. his his uh he gets off light well no i mean he's still portrayed in in a negative light but it felt it felt like it didn't quite stick the the knife in for right me, if that right. makes sense um also if i was to really really nitpick um some of these actors are just too short <laughs> <laughs> there's a scene there's a scene at the uh at the wedding right where where kevin von eric has has married pam uh zach efron's character and L- lily james character 
and she's like a foot taller than two of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, little old, little old Carrie Von Eric, little five foot oh, seven no. Carrie Von Eric. At the end. <laughs> it looked like when they do a mini version of like oh, mini Vader man. and mini man. This is, this is the thing is like, especially him, right? He looks a lot like Carrie Von Eric. They're jacked to the gills, yeah. but, but then they didn't cast around that to make him not seem so short. Uh, really, it's only him and Efron as well because the other actors are, are appropriate. But like, but you know what? It's funny. I just don't think Hollywood people think that's as big a deal as it is in the in the wrestling world. Well, um, it was at the time. I mean, they they talk about him going to WWF and winning the Intercontinental Title and so on. I mean, if he wasn't six foot two, he he wasn't going to look in back then, you know. Of course, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that 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 is nitpicking because the performances are great and they they tell the story and don't draw too much attention to it. But that's what I mean. Watching it as a wrestling fan and having that context. You but go. Also, he's supposed to be an Olympic, Olympian, uh, Olympic discus thrower as well. Yes, you're and like, he's like fucking enormous. Come yeah, be like he's not quite, quite so big. Um, but yeah, I mean, generally, I was a big fan of it. Like I say, I thought the performance was great. The portrayal of the wrestling and it was very good. Although it does kind of at, at points, it's it's explaining to you how wrestling is fake and predetermined, and it shows you, you know, they're talking over the match they're going to have. But then later on, there's like. He, um, Kevin doesn't let go of the iron claw in a match and the SDQ and then they're backstage talking about what what happened you, you lost control brother and it's like well, what is are we now supposed to believe that it was a real fight like it, it, it's kind of inconsistent <laughs> in, in that way sometimes that always happens in wrestling movies they kind of have yeah, to yeah they but it's, they go so out of the way to explain you how it works yeah, yeah. And then contradict that later in the movie it was a little bit weird but again to to the point that I feel like a non-wrestling viewer or a non-wrestling fan viewer wouldn't have picked up on it mm-hmm. do you know what i mean it's just because we we're so entrenched and we get it it, it kind of stuck out um but yeah i i, I like the ending i like um how the story was generally told i wish it was a lot a bit more time or maybe had even i know that they cut out one brother already but i wonder yeah. if, there was, if there was anything else that you could have reduced a little bit to fit into the the, the time because I, I feel like the mm. core stories it's telling didn't feel a hundred percent developed. Okay. You know? Yeah. But nonetheless it's very, very good. Don't get me wrong. Um so that's John Claw. I think you I think you'll enjoy it, Barry. I think we'll we'll all kind of come down on the same side of the fence. That's it. It's another yeah. another very good movie by by old Sean Durkin and, and MJF does show up for uh, about f- six seconds. Okay. Okay, so um, he's not taking over Hollywood just yet. You know, he's, no, he's no, no, no. He, him, him and Seth Rollins are, are waiting for the. Did you see Rollins got cut out of whatever that Marvel movie is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Seth basically did. The, he's yeah, in, he's the, in the one story shot. came out that he was cut, so I guess it's a it's a miracle that he got in. You know, for but yeah, the, the wrestlers but, are not. Uh, but absolutely, uh, you know, he should have been cut because he, as far as stories that are, haven't even been told in this movie, hmm. he he might not even be in the top five on the list of of stuff deserving to be to be in it you know right yeah because he, he he was the he's the fake brother was that was that right that's who he was the cousin i think yeah yeah okay. Cousin, yeah okay yeah so the wrestlers the wrestlers you know they can't all the wrestlers can't all dominate hollywood they can't all be bautistas you know yeah. and what's interesting is they do throw out names like jerry jarrett and sam mushnick okay and, and we all go hmm i know who jerry jarrett is but they never explain in the movie who these people are for for like again your your joe schmo got into watch this wrestling movie yeah. It's like, oh, Jerry Jarrett's on the phone, sir. You're like, what? <laughs> Who's that? But yeah, very good. I, I would recommend. I think I think primarily as a wrestling 
fan. There's there's a lot to 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 get out of it. Great performances, looks great as well. Um, I would consider it a slight a slight Oscar snub. I think there's I think there's perform. Yeah. I, I I particularly liked the um the mother. I know her role isn't isn't super big, but it's quite important to the story, and I thought she played it really well. Okay, certainly better than. Some I think in a, in a week, a year, it would have made it, but it was pretty good. Yeah, it was a very strong year, to be fair. Although, uh, there's a movie, Nyad. I don't know if you heard about well, this Well, yes, movie. yeah, oh, onto, oh. The, onto their Oscar catch-up. Yeah, Nyad, which got nominated for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. Ooh, baby, what a big old pile of le shit this was. <laughs> um, so, Nyad is a Netflix movie about this uh, swimmer who allegedly swam from Florida to Cuba across the okay. strait there. And that was, I guess, an important thing. I don't know. I, I, I feel like in America, I, I might be speaking as, as a, a jaded European, so I apologize to any American listeners, but like, I feel like in, in Ireland or in the UK, someone would be like, I'm swimming from here to, like, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> Yeah, it'd be the last segment on like the seven o'clock. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, this thing happens. <laughs> but it's like okay. So Annette Benning plays this um, Diana Nyad, who's who's this swimmer who tried to do this this great human achievement, as if anyone gives a two fucks about it. But do this do this swim, right? She failed, and now she's like sixty, and she's like, well, you know what? I'm going to do it. And Jodie Foster plays her like um, athletics partner or whatever at the time. Um, and so the movie is is two hours long, so it's it's slightly shorter than the Iron Claw, but it feels about ten times as long because <laughs> nothing happens. Uh, the first hour is uh, Annette Bedding going. People say I'm too old, but I'm going to prove them wrong, and she does that fifteen times, and then she go she does the swim, and then she fails. And then she goes back and oh, I didn't, I failed because I wasn't ready for it. And then she tries it again, and then she fails again, and then she, oh, we got to practice again, and then she tries it again, and then she fails again, and then you're just <laughs> the same scene is happening over and over again. It's like you could be watching the movie, right? And Annette Bending is trying to do the swim, and you leave and go have your dinner, and you come back and it's the exact same scene. Nothing, nothing has developed. Um, I hated it. It was it, it. It wasn't like the worst movie I've ever seen, but it was like the worst, most worthless movie I've ever seen. Right? Because there's nothing to it. Not only, like I say, nothing happens in the movie, but also the whole movie is based around the idea that this achievement is worth something. And get the worst thing about it is it's it's a boring drama with documentary ideas to it because there are right. flashbacks to her youth and they do show real footage because it is based on a real story, but they have like a mad Instagram filter over every time they go, <laughs> like, audience won't get the flashback. So we have to have like sepia coffee stain on, on the screen, whenever flashbacks happen. Do you know who directs this movie? The fuck I, I have no idea. People who did free solo, the amazing free solo documentary about yeah. the mountain climber. Why are they not? This, this should have been a documentary, not a, a shit drama. Yeah, that's a weird. That's a weird choice. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was horrible. Do not recommend. Annette yeah. Bening shouldn't have been Oscar nominated, and Jodie Foster should not should not have been Oscar nominated. And you know, I don't mind Jodie Foster. Annette Bening. Oh, yeah, she's if you like Annette Bening, go watch Twentieth Century Women, a much better film for which she was Oscar nominated than Nyad, which is bad. 
they're the two movies I watched this week. They're the two movies. Uh, well, on, on movie golf, I do have two two instances of uh, Paul was right. Okay, Ooh. go on uh, for, for movie golf. Uh, I watched May December. Uh, okay, which I thought was was excellent. Uh, really, really liked. I don't think I don't think I liked it as much as you. I, I I I think it just by a hair missed my top ten. I know it was like what your top one or two last year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, excellent, excellent. I mean, two tremendous performances at the center of it. But really, I mean, the show was uh, was uh, stolen by. Was it Charlie Layton? Is that his Char- name? Charles Melton, I think his name is. Melton. Yeah, I'd never never heard of him before. I mean, insanely great performance. Complete show stealer. Yeah, you know, his from was like Riverdale on the CW or something. That was his yeah, like, previous. Like real, like real kind of like. Pattinson being derided for Twilight and then making, you know, a million other things, you know, good yeah, time yeah. And, and XYZ. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal performance with such incredibly complex material. I mean, with such an uh, it's simultaneously one of those things that for an actor, I'd imagine it's the role of a lifetime, but also it's extremely daunting. So for anyone who doesn't recall, this is the movie about uh, uh, um, Hathaway plays a uh, not Hathaway. I always get her confused with Hathaway. Portman plays a, a, an actress. Kind of seems like almost like something akin to herself, a moderately pretty well known actress who's living with a um, uh, the subject of a movie she's about to star in, and she's basically this uh, uh, school teacher in America who had an affair and a child with like a thirteen year old, I believe he was at the time when they met. And uh, 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 Milton plays the thirteen-year-old now her her live-in partner and father of a child and all this other stuff. Who early on in the film seems to be playing it very kind of oh yeah well you know that was crazy but like we're living our idyllic life now we're happy you know there's my house yeah I'm living with my the love of my life and we've got kids blah 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 and obviously uh, that is there's more to it than that as it would be for such a a horrible thing to happen to a thirteen-year-old. And so that unwinds over the film. Uh, the two central characters are in this weird kind of uh, um, kind of shifting thing where they're kind of playing off each other a little bit. And, and, and you know, there's a little bit of envy there. And I don't want to get into it, but it could be an entirely different film if not for his performance. And I think it puts a completely different spin on it. And I thought it was fantastic. And uh, now I don't think he got nominated for Anthem, did he? Uh, no. I think May December got a got like a screenplay nomination, a screenplay nomination, and that, that, that is mental. That now that is a snob. Let me a snob. Let me tell you, I mean, yeah, I mean that that was ridiculous. I think he he easily could have gotten a, a, a I mean, good good year, but I, I I wouldn't protest at all to anyone who said he had the performance of the year as far as supporting actors go. Uh, but yes, uh, excellent part two of of Paul was right. Uh, the Streaming Wars Part 2 was, in fact, worse than Part 1. Uh, <laughs> a, a big uh, steam and turd of a, of a South Park special. Yeah, uh, Just continues on all the half-baked, terrible ideas from the first part and didn't yeah. stick the landing at all. Dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Yeah. Uh, con- conversely, I thought that the Panderverse special was better and pretty yeah, funny and, and wouldn't rank it there among the funniest things South Park has ever done. But it was it got a couple of chuckles out of me, and it felt like it had something a little bit more uh, uh, to do with the material than yeah, um, it has something more pointed and timely to say. And timely to say, I, I thought the the the, the handymen becoming billionaires because because they're the only ones with actual skills was a very cute little thing, and and the uh, uh, you know 
yeah. the Pandaverse, the, like when they put that trailer out, I was like, oh, I do. I have no interest in 50 minutes of Parker and someone gassing on about how they don't like diversity in Disney movies. I was like, fucking shoot me now. But I thought they they, they actually, it's pretty funny and it was pretty well done. I, there was a great scene where Randy is like traveling through the, the multiverse. And I don't know if they're doing this on purpose, but it, it, it was like a direct one-to-one of a moment from the second Doctor Strange movie. And all that's happening is that he's changing his outfit and he's wearing a slightly different shirt and it's just so great because it just reminded me of like there's like a handful of sequences in in the second doctor strange movie where he's like flying through universes yeah yeah like, oh he turns into paint in one of them and yeah. it's, it's like really weird but then the majority of the movie is just he's in a, a slightly different comic book world than the comic book world of the mainline films and it's not at all interesting it doesn't do anything fun with the concept and so they they have fun with that and how banal it all is and how boring it is and and there's a stinger at the end that I won't spoil. That kind of that's like this is this is how weird you can get if you really wanted to make a really fucking weird off the wall multiverse thing. But yeah, I enjoy. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. So um, that was a, a, a thumbs up there. Uh, other stuff I watched from the week today. I decided because I everyone was very excited about um, uh, his next film, and I haven't seen any of his previous ones. I decided to have a little Jonathan Glazer catch up. I've never seen any of his films. So I watched Sexy Beast for the first time, mm. which is a tremendous film. Uh, uh, Winston Kingsley, you know, uh, fucking uh, what's Redmond. Redmond, McShane. Uh, McShane. I, why do I always blank on Lovejoy? Lovejoy. The lads, they're all there, right? All the boys. Um, Top notch stuff. Really, really great crime thriller. Kingsley. Just going completely insane in this film and, and having the time of his life. What a like such a different performance for him from what you kind of expect. And he's excellent in it. Um uh, yeah, I I I I really, really enjoyed that. It it didn't at all go the way I was expecting. Um, but I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Really tense, kind of darkly comic at times, great performances across the board, looks very slick. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh so I thoroughly enjoyed that. That's on Paramount. Paramount also have a prequel series they're doing it though and i don't know if we're gonna bother watching any of that i don't think uh i don't think jonathan glazer's involved in that little thing um but maybe i'll give it a look since i did enjoy the uh, uh the film that's ongoing that's one of their that's one of those one episode a week things so it's ongoing now i haven't heard a peep about it like like all originals on paramount plus i have not heard a soul talk about it um on channel four's vod at the moment so free of charge if you are in the relevant region uh under the skin uh, is on there at the moment, so I fired that up, and that was also excellent. Uh, I really loved Under the Skin. Completely different. Like this is not mm. like you watch you watch Sexy Beast, and you're like, oh, is this guy a little bit of a kind of a maybe a, a slightly artsier Guy Ritchie? Is he kind of an English mobster kind of slick gangster film maker? No. Second next film, uh, Scarlett Johansson is an alien doing like hidden camera guerrilla filmmaking on the streets of Glasgow. <laughs> Not at all the same, completely, completely different thing. Uh, yeah, this is the, uh, Under the Skin had like one of the more like weird and like legitimately interesting portrayals of an alien yeah. in a film. I've seen, I can't remember the last time I saw one as good as this because it's all so trite now, you know what I mean? It's, 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 you know, it's, it's either. It's either little gray dudes doing all the cliche stuff, or it's doing something so obtuse that 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 it's it's you know kind of off the reservation. But this was a nice balance. Uh, his movies are very efficient as well. The Sexy Beast a little over ninety minutes, I think. Under the Skin not not much over a hundred either. So there's not a lot of waffling in them. Um, but yeah, 
very different. Under Skin is the first half. It's really unsettling. It is like a horror movie. It's yeah. very quiet. There's very very little dialogue in it. Um, uh, certain scenes of it, and this isn't an insult. This is just more kind of the very real, very claustrophobic feel of it. Some, 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 a lot of scenes in it are shot from what looks like a, a dash cam that you'd have in like a, a, a cops reality TV show, in, right. like on 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 UK Gold. It's like she's driving around in a van, and it's just a dash cam perspective <laughs> looking back at her, and it's so eerie and weird and 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 just very very creepy and then the second half of the film is something completely different as well that i, I won't get into because I, I i think it's it's best to go in cold on it yeah. but um yeah excellent also one of those nice little reminders because she's in a lot of shite as well but like when she's in a good film scarlett johansson is phenomenal like she's mm. a phenomenal actor um you know when she's when she's in in the right film uh, so yeah top notch and that's on 4od at the moment so that's that's free basically a little bit, little bit david lynchy that film bit lynchy yeah bit yeah. lynchian um uh great stuff yeah kind of made me because again i was watching it on stream and it was you know good quality also it had ads because it was on 4od and i was like oh, this is probably a movie to get on the old 4k ski if it's yeah. uh if i, I have a one standard a standard blue blue of it i don't quite a blue a blue would do me just fine as well i would say yeah i'll yeah, i'll i'll great. I'll probably grab one of them uh, elsewhere uh, um, on the. Uh, I, had a very, I had a very quiet weekend of sitting around watching a lot of movies. I, I cracked open one of my recent purchases. I watched Escape from New York for the first time, which I really enjoyed. Uh, kind of one of those Carpenter ones, maybe not as bombastic and must watch as I was kind of yeah, hoping. It's pretty it's, low key. It's very low key. It's one of his. It's a. It's a Carpenter kind of vibe it's movie an in, film. In, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Great dystopian New York prison. Great, just tremendous Kurt Russell scenery, chewing action hero performance. Yeah. Isaac Hayes in there, great supporting cast. Uh, yeah, uh, kind of uh, similar to kind of. It reminded me a little bit of They Live in the sense of it's not, it's not the most in your face bombastic thing, but it's just a cool atmospheric sci-fi thing to watch. So I enjoyed it. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'd watch it again for sure. Um, so yeah, watch that. I watched uh, the. Uh, the second uh, Last of Us documentary on the game, not the, the TV show. I don't know if you watched the first one, Paul. It was good. No. Uh, grounded. Yeah, it was just, it's a, it's on YouTube. It's like a 90-ish minute uh, thing on, on the making of it from like um, pitch to like developing it to motion capture the scenes. That's the most interesting stuff in the first one is because they have tons of outtakes and this scene didn't work this way and to come back in and reach it really good. Second one, the second one, I would have thought I would have had a lot of meatier subject matter to talk about because they had COVID, they had the leaks that came out before the game came out, which caused everyone to go mental and, and get upset about the content of the game and, and the actors were getting death threats and so on and so forth. There was the crunch kind of controversy that there was uh, various articles about Naughty Dog's working conditions and they touch on all that stuff, but for what feels like about 20% of the documentary and then the rest of it is kind of just... And not bad, but a fairly by-the-numbers video game documentary where they're like, oh, this is hard. We're, we're trying to make this game, and it's hard to do that, and we're working really hard, and you know, um, they're, they're touching on the various controversial uh, aspects of it. And then the second half, they talk about, oh, shit, we have to go home because COVID happened, and oh, then these leaks happened. And they do, they do talk about the leaks, and they do talk about how just crazy everyone went when, they, when, when the story leaked out. Um, but it all feels not nearly as... as I feel like I would have watched a separate documentary just about that stuff, if that makes sense. Uh, likewise, there's like 20 minutes at the end of the film where they're talking about what they're trying to do to alleviate 
the crunch aspect and the, the work-life balance problems they reported to have, but they don't get yeah. really into the details about... No, they, they get into the details of the solutions. They don't actually get into the details of what was going on that caused that to happen. It was just, it was just a bunch of people going, oh, you know, we would stay late at the office and that was kind of it. It was like not very specific, whereas the reports that came out at the time were way worse and it was people were very unhappy and, and so on and so forth. But anyway, uh, good, worth a watch if you enjoy a video game making ofs. Um, but I, uh, it left me wanting a little bit more. Mm. Uh, and then the last thing I watched was uh, a Netflix horror film called Haunt, which started out... I was thinking this is going to be the worst film I've ever seen in my life because the acting was so damn bad. But it, the film managed to be kind of creative and goofy and like gory enough that it 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 racked up enough schlocky entertainment value points by the end that I actually thought it was all right. Um, I, it's uh, it's it's kind of this. Uh, it kind of takes the escape room concept and turns and turns that into horror more so than the actual films that came out called escape, escape room, room yeah. which were which were rubbish because uh, they they were very ah, they're okay they were all right but they were very kind of pg-13 they were they were pg you know, not even 13 were they not even 13 yeah this no, they, one they were, this one is like um safe quite ridiculous quite ridiculous um and i know I, I i didn't recognize any of the people in the film although when the credits were rolling i saw eli roth's name in the producer credits like okay well that, that makes sense you know so he he uh, it's all right it's all right um uh, so yeah i would not not a massive recommendation but if you're looking for something proper schlocky uh on halloween season later on uh yeah so yeah big week for movies thumbs up on most of those there uh what about you joe what are you watching this week um I watched one movie on, on BBC Two called How to Marry a Millionaire, which is a uh, Marilyn Monroe, Lauren Bacall, Betty Grable movie. Very wow. timeless Tony Storm coded. It's, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're all you know they're all glammed up to the nines, and it's about three kind of single women who are trying to scam a rich man into giving them all their money, basically. Um, it's very golden age of Hollywood um, from the era where you didn't really have to have a plot like nothing happens in the film like it's just the sort of three of them being you know funny and ditzy for two hours and that's kind of it and then there's some nice music so there you go you know yeah you didn't really have to go crazy in those days and you can just like, no, have a no special effects hands. no need special effects hmm. just just marilyn monroe with glasses on going yeah gee gee mister <laughs> well uh, those yeah. were the special effects they had these tropes that they would <laughs> yeah and then, and then you say why don't you come up and shimmy sometime yeah yeah and then all the men are like sort of 70 and so that was all right um and speaking of the golden age of cinema i watched my first ever fast and the furious movie what? Okay. um basically because chris nolan told us we have to um yeah. i've never watched any of them before not really had i don't like cars i don't really like cars driving about and all that it's not mm. not really into that um but he said start with tokyo drift so we watched tokyo drift um none of the main ones are in it i didn't realize it's like a standalone one yeah it's a weird spin-off almost. with some guy who's like he's supposed to be a teenager but he looks about 40 yeah. oh that is <laughs> one of the worst examples of that ever in a film <laughs> my he was god that old. he was 24 but he looks he looks old. yeah uh, and he's so fucking like <laughs> bad and fucking <laughs> he's a rebel and getting in so much trouble 
that his mum sends him to live in Tokyo, which I'm not sure sounds like much of a punishment. Uh, no. I guess <laughs> he leaves shithole Alabama for Tokyo. Oh, no. Yeah. And then immediately, because his dad's based there in the military, is the thing. And then, But then immediately he's just like into the car racing scene in Tokyo. It's just completely pointless. Um, uh, I have to say, like, the car racing scenes are all really intricate and well done yeah. and look great like they're, they're, they are fantastic and i did kind of enjoy that aspect of it and watching that there's also about 10 different scenes where the main character walks into a room and kind of looks around and looks like wow either at cars or women or money like that, they do that same scene over and over again yeah um it was quite good it wasn't as bad as i was expecting but there's just a complete lack of like real any humor or like charisma in any of the characters like it is like video game cutscenes for the whole thing and then you're you're controlling the cars flying you're driving around that's what it feels like so it wasn't that bad i'm i think i'll look forward to seeing the other ones more where you get some some big name actors in there Um, i'm I'm curious to i so i haven't seen funnily enough i haven't seen any of the Dwayne era ones mm, um i know i know it's my own my own (laughs) i I would say they're the only ones worth watching you're, you're probably right. You're probably right. I, I will say that, so the second one is is rubbish. So I wouldn't bother. the 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 first one is kind is crap, but kind of endearing. Mm. It's it's really it's just prime like two thousand and one like like, like pre nine eleven like culture. You know what I mean? It's Crazy such, town. And, it's such yeah. a time capsule of a film. It's mm. like, and it was also it was really when like Vin Diesel was really not really at the peak of his powers because I think. The Rock era, funnily enough, despite their beef, that was his real peak. But like 2001, he was like Riddick, and he was fucking in this, and yeah. it was like I would, I would say, just for the novelty value, not because it's great. I would say watch the first one. Second one's dreadful. Don't bother. I would say, I suppose it's probably important to set up the next ones. But the yeah. fourth one is kind of like a kind soft-ish dull. reboot. It's rubbish. Mm. I don't like mm. the fourth one at all. Um, but yeah, it's such a weird franchise. I have a box set up to seven here, and I've never yeah. watched five, si- five, six, seven to me are the holy trinity. They're the that's yeah. when this franchise was its most fun at its peak. I know Brona wants to watch. She's never watched any of them, so I might we might blow the old dust off of that and and, yeah. and might watch along with Joe is here it, because it's interesting that there is a. A split in the fan base where people there's some people who think Tokyo Drift is like the best one. Yes, oh, I've heard the yes. I, very, I don't really get it. I think I I would have Tokyo Drift towards the bottom. That I was very was when, I, when I finally watched it. I was because I watched one when it came out and I fucking yeah. loved it. And and I only watched Tokyo Drift for the first time a couple of not that long ago, like a couple <laughs> of years ago after what I heard like yeah. like you people defending it to the hilt. And I was like, it's like a slightly better like it's technically better than the first one, but it has less shit charm that the first one has. Yes, exactly. Um, now two, three, four are like for me the 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 doldrums, and then four, five, six, seven are the most fun. Eight is is a mess. I, I thought nine was quite fun and then ten isn't very good again. But yeah. Five, it, it five is, six, seven, a nice little trilogy there. It is a it is a mission impossible type thing where they they might as well be different franchises, the first yeah. half and the second half. They are completely different. Um yeah, so I guess we'll get more fast and furious updates. Uh, as the weeks go on. Uh Paul, what was the, the true detective update? Uh I mean I've been defending True Detective this season, but episode four was a little a little silly. It, it's, oh. it's it's gotten into the territory of jump scares. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, so character goes quiet. Character turns around, and there's a. Ah! You go. Oh, we're doing this now, so okay. Um, and not not in like, I don't know. The show has always straddled the line anyway between, you know, uh, f- 
gothic horror and being entrenched in a reality. And I even thought that this season was straddling the, the line quite well. And then this last episode went too far into the direction of being a little bit silly, a little bit too wearing its horror mm. uh, tropes on its sleeve rather than using just that as a framework to tell this tense detective story. Too much. Oh my God. This woman had a vision of a horrible looking dead person and they jumped into the screen really quick and then a loud noise played and then they weren't really there. <laughs> so I wasn't mad on it. Two episodes left. Let's see if it's six to landing or not. But like I say, generally it's been a solid six, seven out of 10 show. Yeah. Nowhere near as bad as people have been making it out to be. But also now this last episode felt like a little bit of a slip. Okay. There's there's also too many characters in it to keep track of. It's, it's like bloody peak Game of Thrones where there's <laughs> 900 characters you have to remember. Um, and this episode did that as well. It introduced, at the very start of an episode, it introduces, like they're looking at a print off of this character whose name you immediately forget. And then by the episode, at the end of the, of, of the episode, a character shows up and she's like, you're, you're Howard. I'm like, who's Howard again? Oh, it was the guy from the photos. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> So a little bit of that, and, and that's a problem with the writing, honestly. Um, but it's 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 watchable. But I I don't feel like it's gonna stick in the memory too long. I think it's I think it's gonna not quite be the worst season because I still think it's better than season two. But it it doesn't come close to to season three or of course season one. But season three, for people haven't watched it, that's that's the true detective outside of season one that's worth watching with Mahershala Ali and and. Uh, Stephen Dorff. That's 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 yeah. good shit. This one. I want to watch that one. Not quite as good. Uh, yeah. Okay. No. No TV for for myself or Joe this week. Uh, well, I've been too busy. I've been getting into this MF and Pal world. All right. We got to talk about. We got to talk about Pal world. Yeah. Uh, have you? You haven't touched this, have you? No. I've seen people playing it, and it. You know, I I like Pokemon. I've put you know hundred thousand hours in the Pokemon, but watching the videos, it just seems like a like a boring base builder that yes. is just not at all my cup of tea. Yes. So so this is the funny thing about the conversation around this game. Like, obviously, they are lifting a bunch of themes and images from Pokemon. But here's the thing. It is not even kind of a Pokemon game. It's not. Right. So a little preview. I, I have a video going up on YouTube of me playing this game uh, next week. You can watch that on Valentine's Day if you're a loser. Um, uh, Which I am. Yeah, so you can strap in 8 o'clock. It'll be up on the YouTube. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a Minecraft, Rust, Ark, pick your pick your survival game. What I, I'm not into any of that stuff in general. You know, you start off as a, as a guy just wearing a pair of underpants in a cave, <laughs> punch, punch a tree until you can make an axe, use the axe to knock down trees faster, which builds you a house. Use a house to store food. Now, you you know, it's it's that loop of, of, of building stuff, and it's... I, I I can't even comment if it's a good or bad one of those. It's the, it feels the exact same as any of the other ones I've tried. Um, I mentioned a few weeks ago I was playing Lego Fortnite. Like other than one of them has Lego pieces in and one has Pokemon, what is the difference between these two games? I couldn't tell you. You're doing the exact same thing in both of them. So yeah, the Pokemon thing is is just so basically in this little world where where in, in Lego Fortnite there are wolves running around that you have to fight. In this game they are fake Pokemon. <laughs> like that's the the only difference. And when you, just like real Pokemon, the, the little critters have characteristics like farming or building or whatever. So when you're building out your base, you go, you catch a Pokemon, uh, a pal, pardon me, 
and you um you can you can set it on your base and it'll do some work around your base so it'll harvest if you've planted seeds it'll harvest them you don't have to come back yourself and do it if you've if you've you go over to your workbench and you can make a list of five things you want it to build you don't have to stay there and build it if you have the right pile it'll do it that's the gimmick and yeah and you catch them in fake pokeballs and they look like barely legally distinct pokemon but there there is no like jrpg format to it there's there's none of that none of that at all um so yeah i was looking for something to to stick up on the youtube and i was like all right let's give this fuck let's just fucking look at this fucking game uh i played it for an hour i i didn't this didn't dislike it like it's on game pass so it's effectively free so i didn't pay for it i i played it for an hour i doubt i'll touch it again because I, I i if i wanted to play one of those base building survive in the woods games there's 800 of them um out and and i don't is the actual answer um elsewhere uh, yeah, not too much to talk about i i tapped out on blasphemous 2 i'm on the last boss but i've, I've given up it's it is one of the hardest games one of the hardest final bosses i've ever played in my life and i just i i streamed a little bit ahead of my usual stuff. i started my streams early this week because i wanted people to see what i was suffering through and i played a bunch <laughs> off air like i'm just going to admit defeat on this because i just cannot beat this uh but it's a great game but it's uh, uh impossible to finish a uh, steam world build i finished up as well i kind of just lost interest in it um i'm playing for the first time super mario 3d land Mm. Uh, on the 3ds, which I had never played, I had never played. Never that's not on stream. That's just in your free time. Oh, that's it? just that's just me. I'm just playing. Yeah, I'm just playing that because I was kind of looking for. I, f- I finished up a couple of games. I played. Like I said, I kind of gave up on Blasphemous. Uh, I didn't finish Steam World Build. It's really fun, but I kind of I had a bit of a hankering for like a city builder like that, yeah, and yeah. now it's gone. So I put like 12ish hours into it. I didn't finish it, but I'm like, I'm, I'm okay. I'm done with this now. Similarly, that's a Game Pass game, so I don't feel obligated to finish those because I don't pay for them. Um, so my, my schedule freed up and I was kind of, I put all this, I put so much stuff on the steam deck. I put more stuff on it than I actually play. And so I kind of went through my list. I was like, I, I played nothing on the 3ds. So what do we have here? And I was like, 3d land. And I'm about, I'm two worlds in and it's great. I mean, uh, unsurprising. I, I absolutely love it. Um, that weird mishmash of 2d and 3d. It's so, so fun. Again, 3ds, that was still the era of handheld consoles being designed with, commutes in mind being played for five minutes on the bus or whatever and so yeah. those levels are just they're bite-sized they're so fun just powered up, but they're still packed with secrets feels great looks great sounds great yeah. having a ball with it um it was like the only game that really utilized the 3d <laughs> element of the 3ds so i guess you don't have that if you're emily no no i don't have that yeah yeah, yeah. so but that, i mean yeah because it, it there, sometimes the can, depth can, perception is a bit weird yeah i can see when they when they I can tell when they've set something up that they're like, yeah. you better have your 3D on because there's a switch, wasn't it? You could turn it off. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, because there's like a bunch of, and there's a bunch of weird little like, um, uh, like almost optical illusion style levels. But right. uh, most of them also have like a little button you can press where it flicks the camera and it goes, this is what you're looking for, by the way, which is yeah. cute. Uh, yeah, really enjoying that. So that, that's my Mario oh, fix okay. after Did I Did you play Wonder. 3D World? I know you played Bowser's Fury, yes. right? I played 3D World. Me and Bruno were playing that together. Okay. And we had to take a little break because it was getting a bit intense. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Those Mario games. Co-op Mario where you can, like, I wish there was like a toggle where you could be like, okay, please don't let us knock each other off platforms or, or things like that. But there's not. Like, we were playing Cuphead at the same time. And, and that was significantly less stressful. Okay. Uh, because, because uh, yeah. So I, I never finished it. I, I, I must say it. We must go back to it. Uh, but yeah, 3D Land is great. And I'm also uh, playing uh, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory, which I played to death on the PS2. I love it. It's one of my 
favorite stealth games. And that's just that's just a little bit of a replay because I felt like it. Um, but yeah, uh, that's what I've been playing this week. What about yourself? You weren't playing any uh, Suicide Squad since that came out, no? No, I. You, the funny thing is about it. I've been I've been I've been keeping my eye on is there any deal dot com, which which combs you know the various like Steam key reselling websites, and you'll get an eye. And I, I it's it's already gone pretty low, but not quite yeah. low enough for me. Um, I will say, even though for all the negative stuff about it, I mean, when it hits that thirty quid mark, maybe I'll take a punt on it. Um, yeah. but certainly not for the fucking not for me. Or, or whatever the fuck full price. No. I'm also can't be asked coordinating to play with friends. I don't, I don't, I don't know anyone who's got it. Is the other thing, so I'll be playing it on my own. Uh, um, Rocksteady. I hope. I'm hoping this is the debt now for these kind of games yeah i mean i there was like a couple of like live service related news stories in the run-up to this release and i was like how can you be releasing one of these games and looking at this news cycle they must have just been shitting themselves because they've all been dying on their arse um uh the finals which i bigged up a couple of weeks ago which i did i did really like i mean that's already the player count has hit the floor on that so i mean but if rocksteady can't do it if they can't yeah i mean Naughty Dog binned their their live service Last games because yeah. they were just they were just like we just can't make this work. So you know it's for some people. Some people like that stuff. That's fine. But I I have to imagine the gold rush is over now and people are realizing that this is you, we can't all just rush and do this. You know. But uh, yeah, Good. yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been playing a little game called Pikmin Four on the Switch. So I. I Said last time I played the prologue of it. Oh, let me tell you, this, this isn't really, really my first Pikmin game. I did play the first Pikmin, maybe for an hour, maybe not even. Yeah. Uh, so I, I skipped two and three. I've gone straight to four. It's it's bloody brilliant. It's so much fun. It's just in its simplest terms, you're thrown into a little sandpit with a little dog and ten of these little plant men. And you can go and explore and find what's there. So you're in, you're basically in a garden, and you go over and you see on 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 the ledge there's a little shiny toy car, and so you go, you walk around, you throw your Pikmin at it, and they lift it up and they bring it back to the base, and that's the loop of the game. Find everything in the level. So it's in a sense a big Where's Wally puzzle in 3D. You you don't know how many treasures there are on a level. You don't know how many, and you have to you have to rescue the rest of your little spaceman troop. And then there's these under underground parts. You find a little uh, opening, and you jump down into it. It's a little under underground place. And same thing, you come across puzzles, mm. treasures to collect, little spacemen to rescue. And then every now and then it'll throw a little challenge level at you, where it's like you're against this other spaceman, and you're trying to collect as many pieces in ten minutes. So it's all about your your management of your Pikmin. So don't just take all your Pikmin over and grab this one thing, throw two over here. And while they're doing that, run over to the next thing and do something else with yours. So you're trying to multitask and manage as much stuff as possible while your opponent is trying to do that as well. And um, they're trying to steal your stuff. And, and, and then there's like, oh, double points for this thing. Quick, go get that thing. So it's like, like I said, the text uh, is a little slow. And especially in the prologue, you'll be banging your head against these, these texts pop-ups that take five seconds to go away even after you click a but once the game just lets you play it yeah it's really fun really relaxing you're there's no pressure it's, it's a very low pressure game as well you're not not like mario wonder last level where you're trying to 300 times before you die this is diametrically opposite to that where there is like a day cycle 
So there's a little Majora's Mask style okay. timer that tells you oh, if you better, by the time you get to here, you better be back to your base or your Pikmin will get eaten. But there's no limit to like how many days it takes you to be a level. So you can just, you know, say, oh, I'm going to do one run here. So again, it doesn't necessarily have to be a sit down and play it for four hours game. You can say, okay, I'm going to play it now. I'm going to do one day cycle, try and get three or four treasures, maybe do one little underground bit. And then I'll, you know, stop playing it. And, and or, or you might continue to play it. So uh, also it's kind of up to you how much you want to do. So if you have a like percentage counter for every level, I'm going to hundred percent each level before it moves to the next one. There's only like five or six levels anyway. So it's not a super long game. But um, if you just want to mainline it, you also have like a little counter. You have to get 4,000 Stardust, and every time you right. get a treasure, your counter goes up. So I'm already able to go to the third or fourth level, but I'm still doing the second one because I want 100% or do as much percentages as I can. Right. But yeah, really, really recommend it as a nice, easy, um, relaxing puzzle game. So nice and chill. And you just go around, and then it's got nice little, like, some of the treasures are like a Game Boy Advance. And it's like, oh, that's a nice little Easter egg, little Nintendo stuff in it. And it's, it's great. Very fun. I still have that Hitman game in the back pocket. Once I'm done with Pikmin, I'll play a little bit of that. Did you get it? You did get it, did you? I, I did buy it, but I haven't touched it yet, because Pikmin has just been charming me. Something fierce. Yeah, I, th- I didn't expect that I'd be so into Pikmin, because... Of what I played of the GameCube version, I was a little bit ho hum on it. But obviously, since then they've they've improved it to the point where where it's totally up my alley. So yeah, I very much would recommend it. Yeah, I got I got to get to the Pikmin at some stage. Yeah. Uh, well, while we were sitting inside like a couple of losers playing our video games, nerds. <laughs> Joe, what were you up to? Well, I've been out. I've been out. You know, I love. You know, I love the theatre. Always, always in the theatre. Well, we we were out in the theatre on Thursday night to see a brand new play called "The uh, Picture of Dorian Gray," starring uh, Sarah Snook from Succession, Shiv Arroy in Succession. Of course, of course. Her and only her. It's a one-woman play where she performs Mm -hmm. every single character from the Oscar Wilde novel, uh, his only novel, uh, a picture of Dorian Gray, which I'm sure most people will know the kind of basic mythology. It's a uh, painting, a painting yeah. that he hides in the attic and the, the painting ages, but he doesn't. That's the yeah. basic premise. I have never read the book or seen any adaptations of it. So I didn't really know anything beyond yeah, that. I know him from league of extraordinary gentlemen. Yeah. He's sort of a superhero in that for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was sure that I'd I'd seen like an animated adaptation of it, like in DuckTales mm. or something, but I could not find that anywhere on the internet. So I may have just uh, dreamt that. Um, but anyway, so she is a one woman play. She uh, plays, there's like 30 characters. She plays every single one. Um, it's done with, there's a lot of technology involved in it. It kind of almost blends theater and cinema because they use a lot mm. of screens where she kind of interacts with pre-recorded uh, performances of herself um, kind of in real time. Uh, there are a lot of costume changes, but it's not just sort of her throwing on another wig or taking a hat off. They have a, the stagehands come on and kind of completely sort of change the hair and the costume and everything. And she disappears behind a thing and there's a whole thing. It's just an absolute kind of intricate, very clever, fantastic 
fantastically well done production. Very, very funny. She is absolutely hilarious in it. And it's, you know, it's quite a funny book anyway. They, they interpret it anyway. It's very, very funny. Um, very, very enjoyable, very tight. It's a two hour, two hour play, no interval. You love to see, I don't want to be there for three and a half hours. I want to get in and out. Um, and she, she's, she's wonderful. And it was at the end, I mean, it was like standing ovation, but five minutes standing ovation. Like we were going for a good five minutes, like as she came back and forth to take the, take the bow from the, uh, you know, the audience. It was absolutely phenomenal to the point where I said, we should go and see it again. <laughs> like it was that good. I didn't think I'd, you know, go back to the theater to see a play for a second time, but it really, right. it really, really was that good. Um, She's, she's, I mean, we know she's funny because she's, you know, she's very, very funny. She's funny in succession. Um, But she does it as well. You know, it starts out quite funny and maybe gets a bit more intense and a bit more kind of scary and dramatic Mm. um, as the play goes on. Um, But she does kind of brilliantly in all of it. It's the best, most enjoyable performance I've seen, you know, in the last year um, compared to, to, it was more it, obviously you're there live it's kind of exciting and vibrant but the performance yeah, exactly. it, itself is just so exciting and vibrant even if they did a film version i feel like it would she would be able yeah. to bring that so it was it was really really good to the point where i'm gonna have to say that the picture of dorian gray with sarah snook is the hong kong of the week hong hong oh, back, back. For the anniversary, it's back. Oh, a dog, a dog <laughs> noise at the end as well. Love it. Yeah, five stars. Oh, oh wow. fabulous! Fabulous. Very good. Very go. good. I love Truly, that. the theater. The theater is back. The theater yeah. is captured. It's, it's very much like professional wrestling. You know, it's better seen live. That's really yeah. Of course. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Be there. Um, um, speaking of high culture, I also read a. I say read a book. I've got about. 20 pages left which i'm going to read okay. after this show so i will finish it this week to keep up my one every two weeks the rate uh, i've been reading heartburn by nora efron um she's journalist a writer sc- screenwriter wrote when harry met sally uh, sleepless in seattle you've got mail kind of quite a rock you know very well received rom-coms um she was married to uh carl bernstein who is the bernstein of woodward and bernstein from all the president's men so the guy that kind of uncovered uh nixon's ill wrongdoings um and so the novel's kind of a thinly veiled as they say retelling of her marriage to him and his infidelity kind of running off with another woman so um it's only it's kind of it's only a novella it's about 170 pages um quite funny and I, I do really enjoy her her tone of voice it's quite similar to those the movies that i mentioned um kind of particular very kind of uh sort of, you know jewish kind of growing up in the 60s and 70s kind of humor and take on it um very enjoyable and very very funny so i'm, I'm gonna finish that soon but uh yeah thumbs up for for heartburn um had already seen the movie that stars Meryl street uh, that was made of it so I kind of knew the out, you know, roughly what happens in it. But yeah, very good. So uh, get that done today. Nice. Alrighty, uh, I am about halfway through another a, a new book. Uh, I borrowed this from someone at work because they they knew I, I was trying to read more this year. 
Uh, so I'm about halfway through Strange Sally Diamond by Liz Nugent, the number one international bestseller, the book says on the cover. Uh, I'd never heard of it until someone gave it to me, but I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly perusing the uh, New York Times bestsellers list, you know, uh, weekly. Uh, it's set in rural Ireland. It's it's uh, written from the point of view of this uh, woman in her 40s who has, has some sort of non-specific uh, uh, condition they they even in the book muse that she could possibly be you know perhaps on the aut- autism spectrum to some degree but they don't say and basically it's told from her sp- perspective she lives in rural ireland with her her elderly father uh, who <clears throat> passes away at the very beginning of the book and uh i suppose this is the literally the first thing that happens in the book so i suppose it's not really much of a spoiler uh when he glibly remarks that when he dies he sh- should be put out with the bins she <laughs> physically puts him out in the uh, uh, incinerator they have in their back garden and burns his body and puts him out with the bins to set in motion the, the events of the book. So basically she becomes kind of a central figure in a, in a, in a new story. And from there, uh, there's, a, there's a sort of, there's a, there's a twist, obviously, at the end of the first act that I don't want to, to give away mm. uh, about her kind of backstory. Her, she's, uh, she's adopted. We know that at the start of the book, but we don't quite understand. We don't know the nature of her condition, how she came, came to be with her, her now deceased adopted father. There's a lot of mystery and intrigue, and I have found it to be quite the page turner. It's really, really, really interesting. Um, uh, it's it's quite grim, I will say, without getting too. I, I don't want to get into what what the specifics of it because they they very deliberately tease it out over the course of the first act of the book. You're kind of just seeing the story of this kind of eccentric kind of loner who you know has kind of lo- lost her last tie to a family member and 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 how she adjusts to that. And then they're kind of teasing out the the hows and the whys of how she got into that situation. It's really good. It's really really good. It's kind of darkly funny. It's it's um it's it's uh it's it's got it's got a the, the intrigue of the mystery is quite good, and uh, I'm I'm really quite enjoying it. So I'm hoping to have it finished there next week. So that's uh, Strange Sally Diamond. So the the reading the reading is going strong uh, uh, so far this year. Hopefully we can we can keep it up. Um, but yeah, that was my that was my book off for the week. And uh, I think that's going to do it for the 14th anniversary, boys. Um, uh, a, a hefty one. A hefty one. Uh, uh, thank you very much, everyone, for 14 years of support. Uh, uh, whether you're here since day one or you are a newbie, we greatly appreciate you all listening. Uh, and we uh, uh, would love to hear from you there. Chairshoppodcast.com is where you can go for your AEW Fantasy League updates. Mm. Uh, and also where you can pop us an email. Uh, so we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and a special thank you as well to my co-hosts, Joe and Paul. We made it. Another year down. Another year of quality audio. I think that brings us up to three or four. Uh, <laughs> our first. Our first year. First year. All right. All right. All right, everyone. That was that was all getting ready. The next 14 years. That's going to be good. I promise. Uh, but yes, thank you, gents. And um, uh, we will call that a wrap. Uh, and, and befitting the anniversary, I'm not going to be here next week. Uh, so, uh, so you boys will begin the 15th year, uh, 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 sans Barry. But, um, but yeah, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And it's goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. <laughs>